0: You're listening to Resolution Radio.
1: ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is The Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program and here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host james edwards
2: I'm again ladies and gentlemen that time we look forward to every week that time when we can come together keith alexander here with you for another live broadcast of tpc there are a lot of people out there in our cause and on behalf of our cause, doing good work. And it seems as though TPC is in contact with all of them, working in cooperation either on the air or behind the scenes. And tonight we'll be talking with two uh, such people who are fighting on behalf of our people in the court of public opinion and in the court of law, respectively. So don't miss it. Uh, Later tonight in our second and third hours, we're going to be talking with Lauren Witzke, the former Republican nominee for United States Senate, out of Delaware, and Glenn Allen, co-founder and chief legal officer of the Free Expression Foundation. So I look forward to getting uh, to that with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But i got to tell you, Keith, you and I were talking about it tonight. Keith, first say hello. Let's check your levels. Let's get you all mic'd up here. Well, can you hear me? Wow. We didn't even have to change it this time. (laughs) Keep it just like that. Don't do anything different. I'll do it. We never had you nail it the first time. Normally we have to adjust a knob or slide you up or down. Right, yeah, I'm pro- I'm
3: the problem child of the <laughs> year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, uh but uh, no, I mean we were talking about this earlier tonight. It started on April 1st when we had that uh book launch for the honorable cause uh in South Carolina. And uh, just this last week, I was out of town for a private event. But between April 1st and last week, I don't think I spent two consecutive weeks at home. I mean, we have been out meeting the people of TPC Nation, our friends and family in TPC Nation this year. We have been around.
3: and you, You've been ridden hard and put up wet, as they say. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you're, you're worn out. I don't see how you keep up this pace. But on the other hand, it's really important because I feel like our movement is, you know, Going to a new level now. You know we are we're becoming much more popular. We're um, they're, they're, people that ascribe to our viewpoint are much more numerous than they used to be. And this is a time to you know that strike while the iron is hot. Get you know this is when you need to build bridges where you need to be putting things together. And let me say this: that's what you're doing. You've been that's that's the fruit of all the labors that you've put into by going here, there, and yonder making speeches and reaching out to people, getting people, new people onto our show. It's all bearing fruit.
2: I, uh, of course, a lot of the events were private. Some of them were public like AMREN. We still continue to get good feedback from that. And actually, Jared's going to be publishing a transcription of the talk that I gave there here pretty soon where actually we have a courtroom transcriptionist who's transcribing it for us. We've got uh, all sorts of contacts out there and uh, certainly a lot of trot lines out there. But it's just been it's such a rewarding thing to meet the people who make this show work. And then, of course, all of our colleagues in the in the calls writ large. And uh, to be piped in like that, I mean, that's one thing the SBLC actually got right all the way back in the mid 2000s when they started covering us so heavily was uh, that we were sort of a nexus. And that's something that I pride myself in. I pride myself in this that we work well with others. And that if anybody, yeah. if we identify anybody that's doing good work and in, who is operating in good faith, we try to work with them and help them and cross by. Yeah, on,
3: on your first grade report card, you got a plus by what plays well <laughs> with others. <That's>
2: right. <laughs> well, listen, here's one thing I want to do to start the show. Clearly, we have two great guests tonight that I think are going to entertain and inform you. And we've got some topics that I want to cover with Keith Alexander as we go through some news and headlines and current events here in this first hour. Lauren Whitsy is really going to be a lot of fun in the second hour because we have so many different things we're going to be talking to her about in just a rapid fire uh, sort of way. So stay tuned for that. Every time she comes in, she brings a lot of energy. Uh, but one thing I want to do at the top of the show, maybe for what remains of this segment, in the next segment, is I want to let TPC's audience speak for itself. In the midst of all of this travel, I've fallen behind a little bit on answering correspondence, whether it be the uh, written letters and notes and cards that come into the mailbox, or email, or whatever. Uh, trust me, folks, we do read it all. We can't always answer it all, and but let we're me gonna tell you, there's a few too. things here now.
3: There's nothing more important to us than your. Uh letters like this this is as important as anything we do co- corresponding with our base
2: well we call our audience our family and and they really are a part of our extended family and i think it's just wonderful when we can read a few of these letters and emails and things like that to let everybody else know the kind of people who are tuning into this program and uh, here's here's a, a very nice uh This really sets the tone, I think. This is a handwritten uh, letter from Carol in East Tennessee, and she writes, James, thank you for the newspaper subscription. She's talking about, of course, our ongoing one week left, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, with our third quarter fundraising drive. Uh, Get that gift subscription for the American Free Press that will run through the rest of the year and into January even. Uh, She writes, thank you for the newspaper subscription. All of your work is appreciated. This country is in a mess. Evil is rampant. If I didn't have the Heavenly Father and his strength, well, what can I say? Take care and stay strong. And this uh, dear lady has been such a big help to us. Uh, And I think that really just sets the tone. That is our audience right there.
3: She's indicative of the type of people that support us. And, see, this is what we need to do. Uh, For example, on those American Free Press uh, subscriptions, some people are already getting it. Well, we've been talking with John Friend. We'd like to go ahead and send one of those If somebody, uh, rather than doubling up on a subscription, send one of those subscriptions to somebody that is in jail. Wait,
2: yeah, wait till I read this. I mean, we've got some stuff like that. I'm about to tell you. See, our audience is thinking ahead of you, even. Okay. So listen to this. You you got some of that coming, but here's one. I mean, and again, we get a lot of stuff like this, and I'm going to read this one to make a point. Uh, He writes. Uh, Enclosed, you'll find $20 cash to support your efforts. Please keep up your good work. I wish I could do more. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, We feel this. We feel $20, all right? This is how the show has stayed on the air for 20 years almost. And obviously, and I think I need to be clear about this, you say, well, you're on AM radio, surely you've got a contract. Well, there are contracts involved, but not paid ones. I mean, we have some deals with local radio well, stations. and we have to and scramble
3: with our, uh, every, every our, month or every year for sure.
2: Well, you know? we don't get paid to do the show from... Uh, a broadcast entity, and we don't get paid by advertisers. Say, well, I hear all these ads. Well, we barter a lot of the ads. Sometimes we do it for friends. Sometimes people like, of course, you know, Dixie Republic supports us anyway, so we run an ad for them, anything we can do in return that we try to do. But uh, but as far as, like, paid ads, paid sponsorships, we don't have that. We don't get paid by any broadcasting entity. It is a 100% listener-supported show, so $100, $20, $1, uh, whatever, uh, we, we certainly feel it. And here's another one. This is uh, from Brian in Texas, came in this week. Dear James and Keith, please find and my meager donation. Believe me, folks, he's being modest uh, with that adjective. Uh, my meager donation to the program, Brian, what you sent was a, a very big help. I hate that I wasn't able to join you at the Ameren conference, as it sounds like you had a great time and enjoyed great fellowship. I've also been enjoying the variety of guests that you've been having on the program lately. I found Dr. Greg Johnson's Homeland Institute polling to be particularly interesting because polling isn't typically a realm where people venture into. I think it's important to seek out and interview more people that exhibit this out-of-the-box thinking for our cause. We have been willing to venture into realms and spheres we normally wouldn't to learn how we can influence both the population and elected officials. Keep up the good work. I have no doubt that you'll keep delivering great programs. That's Brian in Texas. And, Brian, I got a very nice uh, gift package that's going to be coming down to you this week, my friend. And thank you for the comments. And, yes, we're, of course, Keith. Thrilled about the kind of guests that we have on every week, including the ones we're going to have on tonight.
3: Uh, No, we're we're not just doing the same thing over and over again. We're always seeking new and interesting content for our audience. A
2: lot of new guests this time. We've talked about this. A lot of first-time guests this year. We always try to do that, uh, along with your uh, tried-and-true favorites, of course. We're going to spend one more segment in the mailbag, and then we're going to get to news and headlines and current events and, of course, those aforementioned featured guests of the night.
4: Stay tuned. Just getting started. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of twelve essays written by Southern nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern Nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards the host and creator of The Political Cesspoo, and Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of The Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com.
5: Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a the lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom, and the government
6: shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
2: folks one more segment in the mailbag i call me crazy i think it's fun when tpc listeners can hear from other tpc listeners and who knows maybe your piece of correspondence was selected to be read tonight but again i just think this fosters that sense of uh, that familial bond and here's Elegiality. one that's right that too mr edwards the story about the selma trip was some of the best radio content i've ever heard various such safaris might have to become a yearly tradition. Keep up the good work. And that's from Ryan. And I think Ryan, if memory serves, is in Kansas City. Ryan, I wish you could have been there with us, my friend. I sure do. Uh, and certainly our traveling. Hey, bring a barf bag when you do. <laughs> or bulletproof vest would probably come in more handy. But uh, our traveling party definitely stood out amongst the citizens of Selma. But that was a, uh, a, 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 a It's just a like day. that
3: article that they ran recently in Occidental Observer about uh, blacks and begging in Africa said if you disembark from a boat or an airplane you'll have at least 20 hands thrust in your face asking for money well it was just like that in Selma
2: well except there was only a hand was only a couple of people but both of them you know had the hands out but anyway uh, that was a fun trip Uh, Jared covered it twice we covered it a couple of times on the show and uh, I think we've uh, we certainly covered it thoroughly Uh, here is a listener in Richmond Virginia uh, dear James, I've been with you all summer, listening weekly. Good stuff. Here's a small donation to help k- keep TPC on the air. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, that is Doug. Doug in Richmond. Thank you, Doug. All right, what do we got here? We're taking these just off the top here. All right. James, this is in reply to your third quarter Update and gift incentives letter. I've watched and listened to you for years and admire your personality and your work. I will send you a modest contribution with this letter. My wife and I live on the proverbial fixed income, so we can't donate a lot. Here's wishing you all the best to you and yours and to our people. Well, sir, again. Uh, this is a gentleman, I won't say his name, but this is a gentleman that had the opportunity and the privilege of having met at one of my stops this year. And uh, listen, I get it. I mean, everybody's pinched in this economy. We've been talking about it. I understand the reality of fixed incomes and all of that. So every consideration given by anybody in our audience. Uh,
3: and let me say this, you know, it's boom, all relative boomers get all a lot helps. of criticism nowadays, but we have so many boomer people, older people on fixed incomes that come through for us, Every time,
2: I want to say just hello here. This I'm not going to read the piece of correspondence, but it was good stuff. I'll say hello to uh, Bill and Ruth Ann and Ruth Ann. My wife wants to give you a call about this preparedness stuff. This is another thing. Sometimes we just get helpful information that's sent in. Hey, here's some stuff to help you. You know, be better prepared for you know come what may with uh, regards to uh,
3: everybody. They don't know what the problem is going to be, but everybody. Pre- perceives that there's going to be a problem in the run-up to the next presidential election. And it's just
2: people looking after people, okay? That's what we do here, and that's what our audience does. And We try to do it for them, and we look out for them, and they look out for us. And she sent me a bunch of great information. I mean, they're such wonderful top-tier supporters, uh, Bill and Ruth Ann are, but uh, helping us out with some information that we needed to know. I love that, folks, and I love that about this audience. Dear Mr. Edwards, here's another one. Dear Mr. Edwards, I'm still loving the show, and I still have my job. Thanks for everything you do, and thanks to the entire Cesspool family. Well, she said the word there. That's from Michelle. Michelle, you said the word. It's a family, and that's another thing that family does, Keith, and that's what our audience does. You would be surprised, folks. Maybe you wouldn't. How much correspondence we get, you sharing with us things that are going on in your lives, marriages, births, sicknesses, even, sadly, deaths sometimes, job opportunities, advancements i mean we love hearing that from you because we feel connected with you and it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful relationship that we have with our yeah, audience.
3: our people are the salt of the earth and we want to help you in every way that we can really uh here is one
2: um okay this is a gentleman that sent in a, a, a contribution and he's asking do we still have any of those drew lackey uh, speaking of selma do we have any of those drew lackey cds left yes my friend in georgia i will uh, make sure you get one of those Uh, And I I love this, too, about our audience. This goes back to what you were mentioning a moment ago. This is a listener in Hollywood, California, West Hollywood, California. Under deep cover. (laughs) We got them everywhere. Hi, James. I already subscribed to the American Free Press, so maybe you can give that perk to someone that can't contribute enough to receive it. It will be my gift to them. Always appreciative of you and Keith and all the hard work and dedication you bring every week to each show. And he saves it, this listener, in West Hollywood, California. God save the South.
3: Wonderful. See, we have people that see through the propaganda.
2: And, John, uh, we're going to send you something nice as well. Here's here's Gene Andrews. So, again, when you have the support of your peers, people like Gene Andrews, who we look up to as heroes. Uh, Dear James, saw your speech that you gave at the m Conference and on their website. You did an outstanding job, as always, and I wish I could have been there. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he is... Um, even Gene Andrews is supporting this show. So when you have your own guest that are supporting the show, it really is an all for one, one for all mentality. And Gene, uh, we're gonna send you something real nice this week too. Can't wait to talk to you again. I hear you every week, uh, talking with Eddie and y'all I do such a I think People understand
3: that it's important to keep you in this uh, you know, premier spokesperson place in our movement because Really, you you've risen to the head. Of the I don't
2: know about any of that. We do our best with what we've got, and uh, I'm I'm thankful for the audience we've got. That's what that that's always been our resolve, Keith. We have always said, whatever flock God gives us, we will tend to it to the best of our abilities and try to be good stewards of whatever support we can receive. And um, and I think we've done a pretty faithful job with that, Mr. Edwards. Wish I could support you in a more material manner. I do respect and enjoy your work at TPC. You make me proud to be a Southerner. This is. Um, About you and TPC and the heroic work you do for all of us Southern nationalists. And this comes from a listener in Bluffton, South Carolina. Well, my Bluffton friend, uh, we're going to be sending you uh, a nice uh, gift package this week as well. And that's no bluff. (laughs) (laughs) You made me laugh at that one. That was a good one. Uh, here's the, here's another guy that we've known uh, for a long time. Sometimes you receive correspondence from people you've never heard from before, of course. That happens all the time, but it, it, sometimes it, it happens quite often that you hear from people that you've known for a long time. Here's Sid Secular. Uh, Dear James, it's great uh, being on your show. He was with us for a cameo appearance there at the Amren. And this is something that I hear from a lot of people, uh, what he's about to write here. This is Sid Secular. It's so easy to be dispirited in the dystopian situation we're in, but your unrelenting optimism is a source of inspiration as we carry on in the fight in our own various ways. I enjoyed seeing Keith Alexander again as well. He's talking about he was with us at Amren. Uh, I'll certainly... uh, Appreciate another opportunity to be on your show, Well, Salty Sid, we're going to get you back on the show. And he is already a subscriber to the American Free Press, and he gifted a subscription. He's sending his support and gifted a subscription. He designated his intended recipient. And, Sid, you have my word, uh, we got him signed up. And and now, those,
3: S- Sid said, those- creates so much good content for so many different organs an old council Movement. of
2: conservative citizens comrades Sid, Sid was that's why i don't mind saying his last name he's already out there folks we're not doxing anybody here we, we <laughs> no one uh, ever gets doxed here on tpc um but we will use last names if they're already out there in public dear james your article in the recent uh, issue of american free press and tyranny rules in america was outstanding i'm making Sure, that many of my acquaintances get a copy. Thanks a million. And that's from our dear, dear good friend, Buddy in Arkansas. And thank you for that, Buddy. Uh, and that's another thing that we've done this year, Keith. It's just been a wonderful partnership. Of course, it's our ongoing um, fundraising uh, incentive. Now, you've,
3: you've been a busy beaver. and uh, Been the exactly. busiest
2: year. I think it's been the busiest year uh, of, of the 19 we've had so far. And
3: I think it's uh, truly appreciated by people in the movement. You know, we're... Yeah, You are, I'm not going to try to take credit for myself on this, but you are, have basically really, you know, uh, been an inspiration to a lot of people going around to all these different places, getting the word out, growing the movement. It's, uh, it's wonderful.
2: We've been toiling in the vineyards, uh, that's for sure, and it's it's been our honor to do so. Uh, here's one more that we'll read, and then we, I guess we have to get to work, although I think that this is important to do. I think it's important to step back from time to time and just let people hear from one another who are tuned in tonight. Uh, but this one just really blew me away. And, uh, sir, I owe you a phone call, and it will be coming next week. Uh, uh, dear TPC, I discovered your podcast a few months ago. So here again, Keith, is a, a relatively brand-new listener. I enjoy your show. You're doing important work. I like the professional style. I don't know if we've ever been called that before. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We do take a lot of pride in being. Being professional. I like the professional style of the show, especially that there is no profanity. Too many white positive content producers are extreme potty mouths. It makes it difficult for me to listen to them. You have really good guests, too. I'm a pro-white on the West Coast. Uh, This is another gentleman, listener in California. It's lonely out here. You men of the South are truly inspiring in your tenacity and enthusiasm for our people. On the most recent uh, show, you emphasized how important financial contributions are so I have included a check, uh, which I hope is helpful. Thank you for all the work you do. And that comes from, again, Steve in California. And, Steve, uh, you do not know. It would be impossible for me to exaggerate how much what you said helped, especially you, but everyone else as well, uh, especially so, too, I guess I should say. I mean, everybody. And uh, we have one week left in our third quarter fundraising drive. If you've not yet. This subscription to AFP is a hand-in-glove fit, a perfect complement to our on-air work uh, in the print, uh, print word form. Thank you, everybody. When we come back, the show will begin in earnest.
7: Stay tuned.
5: Protecting your
7: liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
8: USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Tropical storm Ophelia packing top sustained winds of 45 miles per hour is barreling across eastern North Carolina, bringing with it high gusts, coastal flooding, and life-threatening rip currents northward into New Jersey over the weekend. Ophelia made landfall this morning near Emerald Isle, North Carolina, with maximum winds of 70 miles per hour. Forecasters predict three to five inches of rainfall across parts of eastern North Carolina and southeast Virginia tonight into Sunday. The White House is calling on Congress to avoid a government shutdown by passing funding legislation.
1: House Republicans failed multiple
9: times this week to do their basic duty, keep the government running. Instead, they were pushed to the extremes with increasingly severe cuts to programs Americans rely on.
8: Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre is urging House Republicans to honor the bipartisan agreement negotiated by Speaker McCarthy and President Biden. Congress must pass a funding bill by the end of this month to avoid a shutdown. New Jersey U.S. Senator Bob Menendez says he is not stepping down.
5: U.S. District Attorney Damian Williams for the Southern District of New York read the indictment charges yesterday.
8: The indictment alleges that through
7: that relationship, the senator and his wife accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars of bribes in exchange for Senator Menendez using his power and influence to protect and to enrich those businessmen and to benefit the government of Egypt.
5: Over half a dozen New Jersey politicians have called for his resignation, including Governor Phil Murphy. I'm Corey Myers.
8: And striking Hollywood writers and top studio executives met for a third straight day on Friday, ending with no agreement as the strike reached day number 144. The WGA said in a statement early on Saturday that the two sides would meet again on Saturday to try to work out a deal. Roughly 11,500 WGA members walked off the job in May, demanding higher pay and residuals in the streaming TV era. Plus, limits around the use of artificial intelligence. This is USA News.
10: Double MetaShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call eight three three thirty four bible That's eight three three thirty four 833-34-BIBLE. Eight
5: three
2: three thirty four bible All right. <clears throat> We are going to get to work this segment, uh, but I do have to actually make one more announcement. And I'll make that announcement by reading this uh, email that came in from a listener in uh, the UK. Uh, Dear James, I'm sure like many of your donors, one doesn't expect, however thoughtfully chosen and welcome they always are, gifts for supporting this modern-day noble cause that you have dedicated your life and championed with such commitment, enthusiasm, and success. Wow. I could, thank you for saying that. Even so, he writes, I shall look forward to receiving uh, the issues of American Free Press. Well, it is our honor to send these gifts. I just cannot, for the life of me, accept support at that level without saying thank you, certainly, but also by showing it uh, with something that I hope you'll enjoy, uh, and he does write. I always enjoy listening to the political cesspool, but uh, the September ninth broadcast was even more exceptional than usual. It was informed, revealing, and energizing, rather like a political. I don't even. I can't even pronounce that word, but that's a good one, <laughs> with you, uh-huh. Keith Alexander and Chris Canwell at top form. Uh, The overall effect was very uplifting, albeit tempered by sensible, if hopeful, qualification. As you and Keith have said, it really is time for the good guys to prevail. Thank you for all your dedication and hard work, and all the best to you and your family. Well, thank you, and God bless you, my friend in the UK. Always good to hear from you.
3: What is this word? I'm gonna have to look Uh, at
2: that. Well, we'll we'll, we'll look at it later. Uh, We'll look at it later now. Here's an email that's actually going to lead us into business tonight. Now, you'll remember, Keith, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about how the Supreme Court has made now twice, twice now, the Alabama Supreme Court redraw its congressional map to where I guess all blacks will be seated uh, out of the Alabama congressional delegation. And uh, here is a question that we received from listener Dave about our commentary uh, and insights on that. Gentlemen. Listening to the show and the VRA, he's talking about the Voting Rights Act, expressly forbids state legislatures from using race as a criterion for drawing congressional districts, but the Supreme Court decision has effectively rewritten the law from the bench with their recent decision forcing Alabama to... redraw their districts specifically to ensure that blacks gain more congressional seats. That's interesting. That's interesting. I think that's an argument there. You're supposed to not take race into account. They are forcing you to take it into account. here. Well, you know,
3: all of the early civil rights litigation, like the 1964 Civil Rights Act, had that type of language. It was supposed to be colorblind. Instead, it has become the exact opposite. You have to be acutely color conscious in favor of blacks. The problem with voting uh, districts in Alabama is that when you assure that you have blacks all together in one district and you maximize those districts as much as you can, what you're doing is you're freezing out the Republican Party. So why would a Republican-dominated legislature want to do that? Right now, in the U.S. Congress, I think that Republicans have Four more members than there are Democrats in it. They don't have a margin of error here, folks, you know, and there are enough rhinos where that four probably is, you know, minus 10 altogether. Why in the world would any political party that wants to prevail and be effective do that? You know, we're going to have to get, you know, somebody needs to get a a dose of common sense into the people on the Supreme Court, and particularly— John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh. Those are the two biggest disappointments of the conservatives there. Somebody needs to, uh, they, they need to take a lesson from Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito and really be worthy of being called conservatives.
2: All right. Now, I will tell you, we're going to make up, I don't think there's been a waste of the second of the show tonight. I I came in compelled uh, to read some of that correspondence, but we're going to make up for what we didn't cover in terms of uh, hot topics and current events in the second hour with Lauren Winsky She has been booked tonight for exactly that reason, and we're going to be talking about this purported government shutdown. We're going to be talking about the spending bill. We're going to be talking about Zelensky, Ukraine, Trump, uh, the election, what next year looks like, ban the ADL. We'll revisit that. We'll even talk a little bit about Lauren Boebert's uh, trip to the uh, theater last <laughs> <This> week. <laughs> Uh, and a lot more with Lauren Witzke, who can always make a good time better, uh, and then Glenn Allen, the important work at the Foundation of, of, for uh, the, free exp- uh, the Free Expression Foundation, and his work in courts. Uh, so a lot of that's coming. Don't worry, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to it all. Anything else you've seen this week, Keith? We got a couple of minutes left, and then when we come back, I'm gonna tell the folks, man, we're always uh, getting into something around here at tpc and we're in t- two big things that are happening right now that you probably don't even know about yet folks we're going to tell you in the next segment before we do that we're going to let keith stretch his legs a little bit or his lungs at the very least anything else you're, you're you've been watching you weren't on the show no we were on the show together last week I, like i said i lose track of time it's been a it been a crazy last week with obviously kevin mcdonald and. Um, John Friend, yeah, that was a great show.
3: Well, the band, the ADL, it feels like I haven't
2: seen you in two weeks. I just because <laughs> I, I think it, my my last week has felt like two weeks. A lot of travel, a lot of wear and tear. But anything else you're watching right now that you wanted to comment on?
3: Well, I'm surprised at the legs that the band, the ADL movement, and Keith Woods have gotten out of that. Basically, they've got the ADL back on its heels. Uh, you know, the SPLC. Is a mere shadow of its former self now, you know, all the old hands there have retired or been pushed out. And, uh, you know, they're not the formidable foe that they used to be. On the other hand, the ADL has grown in power and venality, quite frankly, under Jonathan Greenblatt, who is a more effective leader than Abe Foxman was, in my opinion. Uh, And of course, having the ADL effective in what their mission is, is bad news for America. I don't know about
2: effective. I mean, he's certainly more vicious, but he's also brought down a lot of uh, noticing.
3: Well, that's what, yeah, you're right. thing is, he has initiated a lot of censoring, a lot of doxing, things like this, but it has now, because of Keith Wood and the band, the ADL movement, gotten some blowback. And we're seeing people that in the past have kind of resisted and faded away from – grappling with the Jewish question, jump into it now. So, you know, that's a good movement because, quite frankly, if you don't deal with the Jewish question, you're not going to deal with the left because that's the source of all their power. You know, that's uh, uh, their kryptonite against us. It, for example, if it weren't for Jewish power and influence, Jewish money, Jewish media, Jewish networking, things like the civil rights movement, the homosexual rights movement, climate change, none of these left-wing, radical, egalitarian movements would have had any legs at all, and now you can finally talk about it. It's out there, you know, uh, and uh, if the ADL wants to get involved in all this, there is a price to be paid for that, and that is making people more aware of the power of Jewish power and influence in in promoting leftism.
2: Now you see, folks. I didn't know what he was going to say when I said, "What do you want to talk about?" But I should have known because <laughs> I've known him for so long. You see what happens when I give Keith, uh, when I when I ask Keith what he wants to talk about, exactly where he goes. <laughs>
3: that's well, it. Well, the thing is, that's Every the most time. important part of it all. You know, without that, all the things going
2: on be.
4: there. Yeah. All right.
3: Well, it, it is. It's it's a very big thing, and uh, that's why. And Band the ADL, for example, what it's doing. It's shining light on the very suspect origins of the right. ADL like the Leo Frank case So and that's coming across now people are reading about that and a lot of people didn't know that story and they're shocked by it
2: I think uh, we spent 2 hours uh, talking about the band the ADL and it's related uh, aspects related to it with Chris Cantwell two weeks ago. We spent at least an hour on it last week with Kevin McDonald. But there is an update. So your uh, timing is impeccable there, my friend. There is an update, and it involves us. Now, we know, because we've covered it the last two weeks, it was Keith Woods that got this whole ball rolling with Elon Musk and the various multiple
3: on several different days. They <laughs> were who, 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 did, who did that song, Keep the Ball Rolling? We need to play that. <laughs> well, it? we could play Red Rubber Ball. That well, yeah, but keep the ball rolling, keep the ball rolling, girl. The name of the game. But I welcome. think I like, was who was that? Well, it wasn't the circle. No, it wasn't the circle. It was uh, I, I forget. We'll look it up. Uh, anyway, they have gotten the ball rolling on this, <laughs> and it seems to be a perpetual they motion e- Equals
2: machine. Keith the uh, Woods, but he's the one. I mean, like every well, day, they, it I, seems I, like Elon Musk every day was waking up with his morning coffee and engaging with. Uh, keith woods about the nefarious nature of the adl <laughs> well,
3: so. it's it's, it's it, you know it will not uh it, it's a uh, story too good to pass up it's just uh, it, it has legs of its own and people are like saying thank heavens this thing has finally you know surfaced and is now a primary con content driver for well, people on everybody
2: the in the movement i mean it was the talk of the town uh, really, all all of September, the band, the A. D. L., what Keith Woods had done, and of course, you know, talking about the American Renaissance Conference. Keith Woods kicked off the American Renaissance Conference. He, he, he gave was the, the first opening, speaker. Yeah. Uh, he, he was the opening act, uh, and did such a great job. And then he goes home and just has an all time hit with this. I mean, this is this is a platinum hit uh, there, and He's with, come to the front forefront of the movement because yeah, of this. And uh, anyway, there is an update. An update. As much as it has been covered, and it's been covered by everybody. There's an update, and it involves us and Keith Woods and Elon Musk, and I'll tell you about it when we come back. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net.
11: My name is Christian
8: Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com.
2: All right. Well, uh, as, as we mentioned, just last night, uh, uh, not even uh, 24 hours ago, if you're listening live this Saturday evening, Keith Woods was back at it again with Elon Musk. So there was a tweet, and it was a tweet of a video from the comedian Russell Brand, and uh, the, the caption read, Russell Brand releases a new video addressing the alarming state of online censorship encouraging his YouTube audience to follow him to rumble. Brand highlights the Trusted News Initiative and the United Kingdom's online safety bill. Okay, so here's a pretty famous comedian, Russell Brand, who's lamenting the nature of censorship and oppression and uh, the attacks on free speech, and he's saying, you know, he's gonna take his YouTube audience and take them to rumble, all right, that has a more open and they have a tolerance of the diversity of opinion. Let's put it that way. Okay, so Elon Musk replies directly to this uh, tweet, and Elon Musk responds, "It's rather disappointing that Russell Brand is exclusively pushing Rumble when X, which is what they call Twitter now, when X has supported free speech just as much." And here is Keith Woods again. Keith Woods responds. Elon, you may not be aware, but a number of nationalist and conservative activists have been banned by X this year despite seemingly not having violated your terms of service, including James Edwards, Kevin McDonald, Tom Sunich, Mark Collett, Nick Fuentes, and Varg, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, v- Vikernes. And... Uh, There are also accounts banned by the previous administration that have never been reinstated, such as Jared Taylor and American Renaissance. And that tweet, and you know, of course, Elon Musk reads Keith Woods' stuff because they have this open and public conversation and dialogue with one another. Uh, That tweet uh, has already received well over a quarter of a million views. So this is something that has gone it been viewed well, by okay. a, a quarter of a million people. And they're, And he's asking, you know, what about James Edwards, Elon? You say you're for free speech. And by the way, can you can you at least, if you can't reinstate them, can you at least let us know why they were banned? And that was something Elon Musk had, had uh, sort of uh, head faked on a few days ago, saying that he was going to release the list of uh, people that the ADL had asked him to ban. I have no doubt we were on it. But here, look, Keith, right now, the biggest game in town, the Elon Musk uh ongoing dialogue with keith woods here's the latest chapter and we're involved and i want to thank again keith and i sent keith an email about this the other keith keith woods not alexander although i thank you too uh but i want to thank keith woods again for putting our name uh keeping our name in his mouth because i would sure like to have my count restored i mean we were doing some pretty good work there
3: well elon needs to put his money where his mouth is he needs to come through you know he can say he's for free speech but as long as he's Uh, doxing or he's not doxing, but he's censoring somebody like James and uh, Jared and uh, all these other people that are named here, then he is not censoring craziness. He is censoring perfect sense.
2: This is what Kevin McDonald said last week in the show. He said, if you'll look... All of the people who have been banned are the people who really articulate the message in the right way. It's not the yahoos, it's not the cougars,
3: it's not the cranks, it's not the people that are just rabidly nutty. Those are the people they don't want to censor because they want our views to have a negative impression uh, in the public marketplace of ideas. But, you know, what you've done so many times on this is articulate a very reasonable common sense viewpoint and rationale for white nationalism and white advocacy. And so have the other people that uh, have you know that are mentioned in Keith Woods's uh, uh, tweet, I guess you would call it or whatnot. But this is what we need. We need to basically tell Elon Musk to, you know, let's get down to brass tacks. These are the people that should not, under any circumstances, have been censored that have been censored by your organization make it right.
2: So uh, before you could have plausibly argued that, okay, well, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. And by the way, my next uh, article coming out in the next issue of American Free Press deals with the ban the ADL, Keith Woods, Elon Musk uh, situation. And uh, but that was, of course, uh, written.
3: I really think that's the most important uh issue right now uh, in our movement. Well,
2: I, think that, I think American Free Press agrees because I think there's three or four articles in the next paper that uh, deals with that. And, of course, it's been the, the hottest topic in our movement. All
3: we need to do is get our ideas out there and we will prevail. And that is what the ADL, the SPLC, and all these other kooky left-wing groups know and that's what they fear. Uh,
2: I think you, you could have argued, plausibly, I mean look we're pretty big i mean you look at all the news we've made i have no doubt that the adl instructed and probably the splc too and we'll get to them in a minute instructed x or elon to 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 shutter us now you could say though still just because he owns the company doesn't know uh, doesn't mean that he knows everything that goes on. There could have just been some rogue Antifa employee that survived the purge who decided to to, to shutter us, but now I think it'd be, it's increasingly un- ignore uh, it now. I think it's unlikely now that Elon Musk doesn't know who we are, because he has this ongoing dialogue with, with Keith Woods, and this was just, I mean, this has already gotten nearly uh, you know, well,
3: between... All he has to do is tune in and then tell us if, we, if he thinks that we have somehow violated his standards. There's no way, way I ever did.
2: It. People listen to this show, I tweeted the exact same way. I never even responded to comments on Twitter. I just posted my thoughts. I never engaged uh, untowardly or otherwise with any of the other users. Uh, No no acrimony. I think that certainly he knows who we are now. You could have argued, well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I mean, it's not like Robert E. Lee knew the activities of every private in the Confederate Army. So I, I get that. But I think now, I mean, it's certainly... But I mean, always it was because we were on a list. We know that. We certainly didn't violate anything. But anyway, so here we are now in between a quarter of a million and a half a million of views on this tweet that was posted just last night. And so uh, uh, we're happy to be there and we're happy to be back in the conversation. And uh, my account still hasn't been restored, nor has have the accounts of Kevin and Mark Collett and Tom Sunich and everybody else that was banned at the exact same time on the exact same day back in, in, in uh, March
3: or April. Uh, but... Um, I, but wherever the action is, TPC is right around there. Well, look, the ban the ADL movement has thrust the political cesspool, James Edwards, Tom Sunick, Jared, uh, Kevin McDonald, all of these people into the forefront of the uh, debate. Because we're the censorship. ones that they're banning. Right, and as a result of that, people know about us. We now have a bigger public face than we used to have, and people are checking us out. And people like what they're seeing and hearing.
2: I was always very happy and very proud of our standing amongst our peers. But there's just no doubt about it, Keith. Uh, This year, it's gone to another level. It really has. I mean, for a lot of different reasons, too. Uh, But here's another one. I mean, we are under attack again this very week by the Southern Poverty Law Center. I received word back on. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. I just gotten home. I was tired from uh, six months of travel. And eight, and the SPLC is doing another hit piece on it. This will be, since 2005, their 80th, even 80. We were at 79. Now it's going to be. I haven't 80. laid a glove on you yet. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you don't. I can't say I look forward to it, but I, I could take it or leave it. But I guess you, they already know what I'm going to say. It's the same thing I said with the very first time when it was national news. I'm ecstatic to be on their list. You haven't arrived as a leader. You can't be considered a leader unless you're on the list of these communists and civil rights hustlers. I'm going to say the same thing next week when this article comes out, but they're attacking Sam Bushman as well. And Sam Bushman responded. Sam Bushman invited them. They they sent him a list of nine questions. And I, I've got the questions right here. Um, uh, what about hosting white nationalist James Edwards? Uh, what about uh, the political cesspool, white nationalist political cesspool? What about... Uh, um, this, this, what about going to Dixie Fest uh, in South Carolina? I mean, God forbid <laughs> Dixie Fest. They think, well, I don't know what kind of people they think showed up there, but it was the very best people in the country, I could tell you that.
3: A lot better than the membership of the SPLC, I guarantee uh, you that.
2: All of this, and, and so Sam responded. He said, yep, I'll answer all of your questions openly and transparently. Uh, why don't you send, uh, why don't you come on the radio with me? He's talking to the SPLC uh, goon who sent the email. They sent it anonymous, and they wouldn't even tell him his name or her name, whoever's sitting there. They wouldn't answer when Sam asked, what's your name? But he but he invited them to a two-hour, live and transparent. He said, I'll answer every question you've got for me, openly and transparently, but I've got some questions for you, too. Will you will you come on the air? I'll answer your questions. You answer my questions. And they said, no, we're not going to do that.
3: Of course <laughs> they're not. You know, even handedness is the furthest thing from their mind. You know, they are not fair. They are not honest. They have no integrity. They are just, you know, a a. An organized group of rabble actually and it becomes more and more apparent with every utterance they make. And you know, they've even diminished. They've been while the ADL has been growing in influence, the S P L C has been diminished. Well you got I
2: mean you certainly haven't had I I see the ADL and the SPLC as certainly one of the same in many regards, but the SPLC with the the connections, I mean, they always try this uh, sort of like, I think as Sam Dixon puts it, this parody of McCarthyism, except with McCarthy, at least, those people really did have links and ties to communism, but the SPLC tries to do six degrees of separation from, and of course, David Duke was mentioned in this list of questions for for Sam Bushman to answer. Well, what about James Edwards being friends with David Duke? Uh, Well, at
3: least David Duke is alive. invoking uh, Emmett Till and uh, Leo Frank and people like well, that. Well,
2: uh, but the, Sam had just such wonderful answers, and, and he he actually proceeded to answer uh, these questions in absentia on his show last Wednesday at LibertyRoundtable.com uh, if you want to go check it out, folks. It was just a wonderful uh, and, and, you know, he he answered them. It was sort of like remember when Clint Eastwood went to the Republican National Convention? and He had like an empty chair for Obama. That was like the SPLC. Sam answered all their questions. He did a wonderful job, uh, with it. But uh, but they weren't there to answer his questions. And of course, you know, you've got the 20 state attorneys general, uh, denouncing them as an un, a, an utterly denouncing discredited, SPLC. utterly discredited source. You've got you know obviously their staff attorney, um, being charged, arrested, and charged with domestic terrorism. You know, will he be convicted? You have this guy, Floyd Lee Corkins II. He's the man who shot a security guard at the headquarters of the Family Research Council. You'll remember, Keith, that the SPLC said, well, Dylan, the, the Council of Conservative Citizens was responsible for Dylan Ruth's uh, murder of the of the black uh, church uh, folk. And, you know, I, I'll take it at the media's word, I guess, that Dylan Roof uh, ever even went to the COCC's website. I never heard anything from Dylan Roof himself, but I did hear Floyd uh, Lee Corkins II say it was especially, it was, exactly because of the SPLC's hate watch list that he targeted, the Family Research Council. So these are all questions. But anyway, folks, here's, the, here's what you got to know because we're out of time this hour. This is where the action is. is. This is where the action is. TPC is in the middle of all of it. And uh, whether it's the band, the ADL, and Keith Woods and Elon Musk, and Keith Woods trying to get us reinstated, I think mean, God bless you, Keith, uh, getting attacked by the SPLC. We'll talk more about that next week when the article hits. It's, it's going to hit sometime next week. I think they're going to call me racist, anti-Semite, neo-Nazi, neo-Confederate, bigot, homophobe, uh, 40 or 50 times in it like they've done in every article the last 79 times they've written about me. Literally, that's not an exaggeration. They, they, they seem not to times. realize
3: only one-tenth of one percent of people in America give a damn about what they think. It's actually almost becoming helpful.
2: I don't know. But, uh, God bless them. Let's hope they turn from their wicked ways and find Christ. We'll be back with Lauren Witzke next.
1: You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased a gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time.
7: Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel body armor and an army ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat.
8: Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com.
0: You're listening to Resolution
8: Radio Radio.
0: ResolutionRDO.com.
10: In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at infowarsstore.com You're
0: listening to The Political Cess Pull on resolutionrdo.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423 that's
12: 607-203-5423. The team at Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon Grelle in Exile, by José Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with Degrelle's life, before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco's Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon Grel in exile today at Hill Publishing.com. <laughs>
1: the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, Saturday evening, September the 23rd, and uh, we're live tonight, our second hour, James Edwards and Keith Alexander, this is TPC, our first of two fantastic guests this evening, Lauren Witzke, and I was just looking at the calendar, I don't think we've talked to Lauren on the air since uh, last, uh, earlier this year, back in January, so Lauren, that's entirely too long, and I'm glad that we can fix that right now.
9: Yeah, I'm so grateful to be back, I love being here, love being with my people, um and you know it's just uh, I love you guys thank you for having me back. Well
2: we love you too and uh, as you know we can't say who what where when why how uh, but you and I had a wonderful weekend together last weekend at a private event in Texas and uh, that was uh, wonderful and I wanted to extend the party tonight. I didn't want to say goodbye so soon and so uh, having you back on tonight is a nice extension of that
9: yeah absolutely it was great to see you at the top secret meeting that we're not allowed to talk about i had a great time <laughs> <laughs> well
3: let's get down into <laughs> we have another one of those coming up too and we will certainly well, we have, there's a lot
9: of it.
2: private meetings out there i mean sometimes it's they're true. public sometimes they're private uh, but we're, uh, that we're one doing was work
9: private. we're doing work and we're mobilizing behind the scenes we're networking and you know that's what it's all about you know it's really important that we keep doing this because there's a lot more of us out there than we think so the biden administration the media does a great job of making everybody feel like we're all alone. We're isolated. I'm the only one who has a problem with the invasion on the southern border. Or, you know, I'm the only one that has a problem with the black crime rates. You know, that's what they do. They convince you that you are isolated and all alone. And really, honestly, there are a ton of us out there. There are more and more of us out there. Right. And uh, every, single, every single poll you see come out, people are leaning more conservative.
2: All right, I I was actually going to start tonight, because with you, I just want to blitz through as many different topics as we can to get your takes on them, because as I said the first hour, you just bring always so much energy to the program. But uh, there was something I had intended to start with, but I'm going to shift gears and and move to this, which is what you're talking about right now, because that's been a recurring theme on the program, certainly this year and last year, too. But at any of the stops that I've made outside of the studio this year, uh, as my friend Brad Griffin at Occidental Descent puts it, the radicalization, and I always have to preface that by saying this, in the best sense of the word, Of the Republican base is going vertical. Are you seeing that because you, you, uh, you know, certainly our audiences overlap to a great degree, but you certainly have a lot of ends with other people that might not necessarily be in our direct orbit or trajectory here. Are you seeing that uh, with all the people you talk to and all the places you go and speak uh, and with the correspondence and feedback you get from your Uh, efforts on on your own program and podcast are you seeing that within the republican base that they are really starting to get it and something is happening now that is new and different from anything that's happened in our
9: lifetimes yeah it's true and even uh, i'm seeing union members come over you know cnn just recently did a um, a whole piece on this is that union workers the white working class who usually vote democrat who usually overwhelmingly supports the left-wing candidate Um, You know, because Republicans, we are big right to work party per se. But it is getting so bad that even white working class union workers are coming over and voting conservative. They are flipping Republican because they see what's happening. They see that the Democrats, their main purpose is demographic replacement. It is to completely wipe out. That white base, the white demographics of this country, and it's become obvious with the open borders, the caravans coming here, them shipping them deeper into the country, them giving them cash assistance, them giving them free housing, free cell phones. If you want to come here, you can have it all. That is what the Democrat Party represents, and I am seeing people that were more centrist or even left wing come over to the anti-immigration effort because People are starting to wake up to the agenda. The overall agenda is white replacement, and you know we are instinctual beings. You know we are survivalists. We want to survive, and when you're facing your own extinction, which you really are, that really is the driving force behind this great crossover in voters. And it really She's is great. real. It really yeah. is <laughs> How-
3: Yeah, it's it's like well, the 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 black mayor of New York City seems to be another prime candidate. For, right. Uh,
9: I mean, it's you know, it's, you know he's had that- enough. Yep. Even the black, uh, you see black um, families and black um, inner city, uh, the, that demographic, I, I think it was also Chicago. They started protesting and rallying and because they were seeing that they were importing migrants. They were taking their programs, their government cash assistance programs, um, and they were mad about it. You know, so you are seeing um, that kind of crossover even to the left, left wing. Um, However, you know, we have a better chance. I mean, they're still probably going to end up voting Democrat anyway because they vote for the handout either time. But people that originally voted uh, Democrat for years, that party has left them. And you're seeing that we are the best option you have. And they are waking up to that. Well, what is it, Lauren?
3: We may may pick up a few protest votes, but it's nice to hear other people, voices that aren't normally part of our coalition coming down and endorsing our criticism.
2: I wonder though, what is it about right now? Because as I say, our issues are no more right or Mm -hmm. correct today than they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, last month, yesterday or tomorrow. But there is something going on. I mean, Donald Trump is winning in the polls now. He never led in their polls against Clinton or Biden in either of those two elections, and he is more popular now than ever before. I wonder what is it about it, and, and I've certainly got a theory on it, and I've spoken about this, but I, I just because it's what I it's think. That the left
3: is so repellent. It
2: doesn't make it so. I mean, I wonder what it is that is coalescing this thing now uh, where it yeah. seems as though there is truly one faction against another, the red and the blue, and and, and Trump is sort of like the catalyst for all this. I, I wonder what's going to happen. What do you think's going to happen next year with all of these indictments and in the in – the, the, hunt, the centuries in prison that he's facing and him being more popular,
3: leading the polls and them trying to put him away and take away. Uh, the more they stir it, the more it stinks. They, you know, the, the more they come against Trump, the more popular he gets. This is like a 20-part question, I guess,
2: but they're defending democracy by taking away the, <laughs> the uh, candidate that people want to vote for. What in the world do we look like a year from now, Lauren, in this country?
9: Right. Well, I think you're seeing an uprising in spite, too. Like the government that hates us and wants us dead also, is going after President Trump. The more indictments they throw at him, the he gets arrested. His he surges in the polls. What you're seeing is a lot of spite. People are angry at their government that no longer represents them. People are recognizing, hey, I have no representation. These people are beholden to globalist donors. Um, you know, people, the puppet masters behind the strings who tell them how to vote. The lobbyists. It's not about representing your district or your voters at all. And people are realizing that and they're learning that their government does not have their best interest in mind. So if the people who don't have my best interest in mind are going after President Trump, uh, that must be my guy. So you're seeing that as well. And I think that we are needing to buckle up because this is going to be the most wild election season Probably ever. We're probably ever, gonna have to. Yeah. Vote. Yeah. We're gonna the, have to vote. The, the
3: enemy that. of my enemy is my friend. Even Lincoln, he, he would, uh, of course,
2: imprison entire state legislatures, but at least he had the decency not to imprison De- Jefferson Davis. <laughs> 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 I mean, no, so this is—I'm I'm joking, but this is—it uh, really is unprecedented in American history. It is.
9: It is, and you know, it's actually it's it, it sent, sent a message too. Um, to, you know, every person who is a conservative or right-leaning Republican, um, you know, like, hey, like this, if, if they'll come for him, that, what, what do you think you're off limits? That's they'll it. come for us next. Exactly. And it's more so well, and that's like, certainly
2: are here. That's certainly the message they want to send. Nobody is safe up to and including the president of the United States, for, most recently former president and the current front runner, not just of the GOP by a landslide, but for uh, the whole kit and caboodle against Biden. We'll be back. We're just getting started. The best is yet to come with Lauren Witzke next.
0: Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs Gun & Leather Shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate Corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com
9: introducing managed it services from npi we offer top-notch data backup and recovery email spam protection and network security tailored to your needs and budget with 20 plus years of experience in the medical field our hipaa certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information don't settle for less give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with managed it services remember your it support should be fast efficient and reliable introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com.
2: Always a fun night when Lauren Witzke around. I just noticed that I didn't even introduce her. I guess it's because we think she needs no introduction. But, of course, as you know, Lauren Witzke is the former Republican nominee. Not a candidate, but the nominee. You know what that means, folks, for the United States Senate. The United States Senate, she won a contested primary. She was not the establishment GOP's choice. And she ran with no money and no name recognition at the time and uh, upset uh, the Republicans' uh, choice uh, in that race and then went on to receive more votes than any other Republican in recent history in, in Delaware for the United States Senate, which is about as high as you can
3: get in the world outside of the United States. And of course, Delaware President. is the eye of the hurricane, the home of the Bidens, and it's kind of a peculiar little state. You know, in a lot of what do you have, two counties there or something? And it's, uh, uh, you know, had, we- you, had, you had that new Kent County uh desegregation case and whatnot it's been at the center of a lot of things
9: yeah yeah we have three counties and we have one congress seat uh two senate seats it is a small state um and you know it is it is a different state it's very different because it's very blue collar working class state i i but it also has like you know downtown wilmington there's no such thing as a uh, like a, a blue state, you know, it's a red state with a blue city in it, and that's, that's really right. just
2: the- you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, I mean, look yeah, at Oregon. Yeah, you look at rural Oregon. Portland brings drags the whole thing down. That's why you've got this well, it's the way it is
3: everywhere, it's like uh, Illinois. The Chicago tail wags the Illinois mm-hmm. dog, and I'm sure something like the Wilmington tail wags the Delaware. Well, it's certainly
2: got to be a small state, as you mentioned, Keith, if it's got more Senate seats, congressional seats. But nevertheless, a fascinating story here with a fascinating woman uh, in her previous appearances on the show. If you go back in her broadcast archives, they're always available to you uh, around the clock, 24-7. You can hear in her uh, debut appearances on the program a little bit more about her background and and that exciting race. But uh, tonight we're not talking about that. But nevertheless, it's an interesting story. Uh, but Lauren has uh, really just gone from that to a true star. I mean, every time I, I see, I used to could follow you better before I was banned from Twitter, Lauren. But uh, you were always with somebody, uh, with Madison Cawthorn, the former uh, member of Congress. I saw you with Roseanne the other day. How was Roseanne? Can I ask you that?
9: Oh, she's great. She's actually really cool <laughs> in She really is. Like, she's just as cool as she was, like, as in, like you know, you see people on TV and they try to tell you like, don't meet your heroes. No, she is just as cool in person.
2: Well, I'm a little bit older than you, but not much, and I'm old enough to say this without any sense of embarrassment. So when I was growing, I was born in 1980, so in the mid '80s, early '90s, you know, you didn't have all the channels you've got now. I watched whatever was on TV on the on the on the major networks. I watched Roseanne, John Goodman, Roseanne. I liked the show. I watched. Uh, I even watched Amen, Keith. You know, with Sherman Hemsley. Oh know? my gosh. <laughs> I went. went I watched whatever came on TV because you only had a few channels back. Then. I remember watching her, yeah, sure. But anyway, Lauren's hanging out with all of these people, and uh, anyway, uh, we—I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this uh, supposed government shutdown that's coming. So basically, what's going on is you have the Freedom Caucus, you got Matt Gates and that uh, that uh, a band of marauders, and I, I really appreciate what they're doing. They're saying no, Kevin McCarthy, we're not going to vote up or down on the spending bill that includes, of course, this—you uh, know—billions for. Ukraine, presumably, that's going to be snuck in there. But he's saying we don't want to vote up or down on all of these government agencies. We want to vote up and down on each government agency. And I really like what they're doing here. And they're pretty much owning. I mean, there
3: was an article. They're in a strategic position now, too. They basically are controlling the uh, narrative on this. Well, somebody
2: had written recently that basically Matt Gaetz is the Speaker of the House because he's neutered McCarthy. And I remember talking to Steve King on this show uh, back in January, too, Lauren. I think he was either on the same show that you were when you last appeared or the one right before it or right after. But he was giving just great insight on what was going on at that time. Time, which was the, the the battle to even name the speaker, and that was you know some great political theater. But but now, I mean, uh, you you've got this, and uh, I really appreciate what those people are doing.
9: Yeah, you know, it's a real shame that Marjorie Taylor Greene turned out the way she did. She became like McCarthy's lapdog, and it was like a real shame. And you know, we have some people in Congress fighting for us. We do have some people that are actually have an interest in representing what their voters want. People don't want war. People don't want to continue fighting in this war. We don't want to continue funding this war, sending them military equipment. Nobody voted for this. However, they kept sending the money over there anyway. Zelensky had to, polling numbers were so bad for the war and funding the war and supporting the war in Ukraine. Zelensky had to come to DC and beg for the money himself. That is I think he's back he's,
2: again or coming back again. Yeah, he keeps coming.
9: Yep. He, he, like he ha- he's being forced to come to the United States in order to um, and meet with Joe Biden and meet with Congress to beg for the money because the poll numbers are in, and they are not favorable. Nobody wants this war. Um, and, you know, it, and if we stopped funding it, it would be over in two weeks. It would have been over a long time ago. All those people are dying. There are thousands and hundreds of thousands of people dying over there for a war that we could have ended a long time ago. And it's a and real we thing. should we should and have.
3: And it should never have started in the first place. Yeah. Putin's demand was very reasonable. Just tell me in writing that you're not going to allow Ukraine to be a member of NATO. And because right. we wouldn't do that, and Anthony Blinken... Basically, defy him. That's why we're here. Well,
2: and then you go back to the geopolitical history. I mean, Kiev was actually the birthplace of the Russian nation. If you go back many, many centuries, I mean, this was always a part of Russia up to and, and through the Soviet Union era. I mean, Ukraine is a, a, a very new nation, if you want to call it that. And I mean, I wax nostalgic for the Confederacy that didn't last nearly as long as Ukraine have, but uh, has. So I'm not saying just because it's new is not valid. But I mean, this was always a part of Russia, ancestrally speaking. And so there's all of that that comes. Into play, uh, but the, the yes, so but it is in fact falling precipitously with Republican voters, and so God bless these people. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah, as you said, Lauren, I mean she's been a mixed bag. She's not been all bad. She hasn't been everything that we'd hope she would be, uh, but she did say on nine eleven that the red state should secede from the union. And I thought that was a pretty f- provocative day to say that, and I agree with her on that. So she still has a a few things that uh, you know that she's doing that uh, that I certainly find agreement with. But uh, the, this whole thing, I mean, I hope that the Matt Gates faction is able to to really just steer the rudder on this thing. It's gonna, it's very interesting what's happening there right now. Uh, but let yeah. me ask you this: you, you, you go, go ahead and answer and, and retort, and then I got something else for you
9: i'm really impressed with matt gates i really am and you know we tried mccarthy we gave him a chance um and it's time for him to go it really is he had his chance he blew it i would love to see matt gates uh become speaker of the house because he is somebody that Amen. actually cares yeah. yeah i mean as far yeah. as, do, as it do goes. you think
3: there's any real possibility of that happening lauren
9: I think so. I think that anything is possible this year. I think this year is gonna be a wild card. And I think we're gonna see things that we had no idea were gonna happen because everything is so hyper polarized. I mean, I feel like I honestly feel like this is the last election in the United States of America if Donald Trump loses. If we hand it back over to Joe Biden, there's no way America's gonna survive another four years. I think succession might have to be the solution because we can't live with these people. These people hate us and they Amen.
3: want to Amen. Amen.
9: Now you know, we're talking. And,
3: but on the other hand, the left is doing our work for us. You know, we've never been able to increase our following uh, the way that it has increased because of the left. Critical race theory, nuts, transgenderism,
2: nuttiness. all of this stuff. I mean, they, they certainly have done more than we They've could have done. people into our arms. Agree or disagree? Yeah.
9: No, absolutely. You know, and even the most normie, suburban housewife, Doesn't want her kids being taught a a, like be given child pornography in class. They don't want to be be given sexually explicit content. They don't want to be told that their child is a racist and a slave owner. And you know, like even the most normal people who aren't politically uh, inclined at all are starting to lean towards us because, like you said, they drove them into our arms, and that's the thing. Like we we repel that and. You know, I, I, the Republican Party has been trying to embrace uh, homosexuality more. I'm a strong Christian, so I very much so oppose homosexuality, and I see that, um, you know, but – I think that at least we're not trying to chemically castrate their kids. That's what the left is doing. They are dangerous. Mm. They're evil. And um, they, that whole party at this point needs to be eradicated. It's, it's got to go. It's not, it's <laughs> not a normal How moral.
3: many parents in America really want their child's gender reassigned you, surgically against their wishes? Exactly. Lauren, you cannot live with them. You are 100% right. We have said that. You've said it.
2: It has to be said again. You cannot live with them, and there needs to be a separation.
9: Exactly. There has to be. Exactly. And honestly, they're all living in the cities right now. So they can, like, go compile off fit into California or something. We can give them California and they can go live (laughs) and just stay away from us. (laughs) But we can't live together. That's the thing. They are violent. Um, But, you know, actually, they're way more violent. Anybody who lived through 2020 watched as they burned and looted our cities, and then they turned around and arrested us the peaceful protesters who knew that our election was stolen, and they came for us, and they're still hunting us down. Um, You know, so it's we just aren't... And also what they're doing,
3: Lauren, is they are getting the people that actually did criminal activity, the BLM, and Antifa people, and giving them money. They're giving
2: them money, and the people who are milling around,
3: like how did you describe them, Keith? It? Uh, like Ma and Pa Kettle wandering through the uh, halls of the uh, Capitol. They're
2: building. doing years and years in prison, and the people who are sacking police stations, burning <laughs> down cities, are getting paid? I, I, I do not see how a system like that, a society like that, sticks together, and God willing, it won't. But we'll be right back. We're only increasing the temperature here with Lauren Witzke. Stay tuned.
7: Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
8: USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. President Biden says he will visit Michigan on Tuesday to join the picket line and stand in solidarity with the men and women of United Auto Workers. The union has expanded its strike of assembly plants for General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis to include parts distribution centers for two of the automakers in 20 states. This puts more than 18,000 workers on the picket lines. UAW is not making additional moves against Ford because they say the company has met some of their demands. Five people were transported to hospitals after an explosion at a New Jersey home on Friday night, police said. The house in West Milford was heavily damaged by the explosion around 9 p.m. A sixth person at the scene refused additional medical treatment. Police said the victims were transported by helicopter to four different area hospitals. Their conditions have not been released. The explosion is under investigation by West Milford detectives and the town and state fire marshal's offices. President Biden is establishing the first-of-its-kind White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. Anyone who doesn't think that these
13: kinds of engagements have a permanent effect on young children, in many cases, older their entire lives, even if they never had a bullet touch them,
8: misunderstands. Headed by Vice President Kamala Harris, the office will coordinate efforts to combat gun violence, particularly among children and teens. The Hollywood Studios and the striking writers were scheduled for another meeting today as a consensus wasn't reached during the three days of meetings this week. Utilization of AI and determining the necessary number of writers for projects are still on the table, along with an agreement on devising a method to calculate streaming earnings. And California's ban on magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition has been ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge who says it violates the Second Amendment rights of firearms owners. The judge ruled that the state's ban went too far by preventing people from using magazines for lawful purposes, including self-defense. California's attorney general plans to seek a stay while appealing the decision to the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. This is USA News. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft
7: fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team.
9: Jeter, you're in. We need a home
5: run.
7: I'll give it a try. I've swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash
11: bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.
7: Welcome to The Continental. From the world of John Wick comes a Peacock original three-part event that takes us back to 1970s New York. The Continental. This institution wields power beyond your imagination. Let's take this house and everything that comes with it. The Continental. From the world of John Wick. Streaming now. And away we go. Only on Peacock.
2: I'm back with Lauren Witsky. I want to, uh, Lauren, just very quickly, a couple of more quick hits on uh, the war and Zelensky and all of that, and then we're going to get to ban the ADL and a couple of other things. But uh, this is, again, from our friend Brother Brad over at O.D., <laughs> There's an article uh, in The Atlantic that suggests that people need to be wary of voting for Trump because Trump is a warmonger, and voting for him would be – I mean – and. In what universe is Donald Trump a dangerous warmonger and Joe Biden who has spent upwards of $100 billion? And this is a proxy war. I mean, this is it. I don't see any difference between boots on the ground and
3: what America is doing. I mean, that is a very fine line. It has led, it, either way you slice it, you've it's led to, dangerous as hell, too. This is the way that you get into nuclear war with Russia and China.
2: So, But how is, is Trump the warmonger when Biden, his actions and all of this money has led to hundreds of thousands of deaths on both sides, a steady pair of hands. I mean, are you kidding me?
9: Right. And, you know, they don't want to admit that we are at war, but we are at war. They've yeah, all sure been, we are. You know, we, they have all been we, declared, mm-hmm. we are in war. It's amazing at-
3: restraint on the part of Russia and China that we're not at war.
2: Well, I mean, anyway, I just, uh, continue, on, continue
3: on with your thought. Yeah, I say we. I mean, I've
2: abjured the realm, and I know you have, too, and our audience has. But, yeah, we, the United States, sure we're at war.
9: Absolutely. We're at war. And, you know, the Biden administration won't admit that. Um, And, you know, it's funny how the media can just blatantly say, oh, Trump's a warmonger. And it's like not true at all. You know, they just blatantly lie now and they just don't care. (laughs) Like they can literally put any headline they want out there and uh, there's no accountability whatsoever in our media. Uh, So, you know, that if you're seeing something, okay. so why do they want me to always ask yourself when you see a headline? okay, why do they want me to believe this? Uh, because it's obviously a lie and you know it's just it's just gone rogue and you know trump was a peacetime president like he he did make a lot of peace um in the middle east i will give him that and i do appreciate the fact that he did not send Amer- more american kids to die which will eventually be happening with us um you know we are very close i think we're already sending uh, americans over there um to ukraine i know we had americans over there in ukraine and uh if, it's just going to get worse. You know, they believe, the Biden administration believes that the only way Biden can win is if he is a wartime president. Well, there was no war, so they created one. And uh, it's a ridiculous war. And like you said, Putin was justified in what he did. Um, I consider Ukraine, you know, Russia. Like a lot of those people, those are his people. Those are Russian people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these Jewish
3: neocons basically are the ones driving this thing, like Victoria Nuland and Anthony Blinken. And yep. uh they will not accept defeat. They will ramp it up. They're, they're, they're going to double down with every setback they They'll have. They'll fight to the last what? Ukrainian, but not to the first Jew.
9: <laughs> yep. And, you know, and I have sympathy for the Ukrainians. There's a lot of white Christians over there. It is, it is a globalist Jewish Yes, humor, yes. Uh, this pass- needs to be said. So say Yep.
3: Part the globalist plan for world domination. We, we,
2: Lauren, you're exactly right. I mean, again, this is ancestral uh, Russian land. The Ukrainian people are good people. It's unfortunate that they have, uh, you know, Zelensky. Uh, how he was able to worm himself in with this color guard revolution that America had yep. a hand in. But yep. I mean, the, the the Ukrainian people. It's like you know, we we, we don't like all of Oregon's because of Por- Oregonians because of Portland. I mean, no, it's not. It's, it's you know, these people are good people. They are our people. These are our, our cousins. Uh, but yep. but uh, let's talk about Zelensky very quickly. I mean, that 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 camo T-shirt he's been wearing for two years has got to be getting pretty right by now.
9: we got to get this guy a shirt. <laughs> for sure. I mean, he's <laughs> acting like he's like
2: a wartime... Pre- I mean, he hasn't done anything except, uh, I mean, beg
3: for money.
9: I mean, you can do that in and, a suit. And
3: pose for photo ops.
5: <laughs> exactly.
9: Yeah, and pose. Well, you have to remember that Zelensky was an actor before. He was funded by Igor Kolomoisky, uh, who was also a Jewish globalist, um, basically Selected him and put him where he was. He started as an actor and a drag queen dancer. Um, You know, and it just goes (laughs) to show that they can select any leader they want. They had the coup, Uh, they've tried election, basically, they stole an election essentially, in Ukraine first. It was the test run for what they were going to do here. They got away with it there. They had the coup that happened over in Ukraine. Zelensky was installed. And then they did the same thing here in America. And we know, based on Hunter Biden's laptop, that there was a lot of corruption between the Bidens and Ukraine. There was deals made. There's blackmail there. There's a lot going on there that we don't ever find out anything about. We just know we don't support it. However, these globalists and I mean, their, their resources are endless. They want this war. And what it really comes down to it is, is it is a massacre of Christian white people. And that is what it is becoming. Young men in Ukraine are being drugged out of their homes and thrown on the front lines. You know, they didn't have a say. A lot of people tried to flee, you know, because they didn't want to be a part of this war. But Zelensky is literally dragging his people into a war that nobody wants. And it's evil and people are dying. And, you know, it's and it's very sad that America and the Biden administration is continuing to fund and push these funds through. Um, You know, we are facing a government shutdown if it means we end funding the war. I say shut it down. We don't need them. You know, we really don't. We don't. They don't pick like. So they don't. See, recognize- you don't have a
3: dog in this hunt now.
9: Well, we do. Jews, we do. Actually.
3: Well, the Jews do. The thing is, the <laughs> no, American we do people, too. The and American people don't. Well, Putin may be our dog. Uh,
2: I mean, you know, as far as this goes, I mean, th- because this affects everybody. But I'm just saying this uh th- th- and th- it goes back to this thing with the shutdown now this has always been political theory we're going to shut the thing down we're gonna shut the government down for a couple you know a few days and nothing ever really comes of it. I hope they dig in if the sticking point is the funding of uh, the continued war in Ukraine and in Russia against Russia and these bureaucratic well, government you know agencies, what will happen if we these do government that- agencies that all- only work against the best interests of our people Keith. but
3: you know what will happen if that happens the powers that be in the deep state will arrange for some type of false flag to come up to try to well, get people right, to let them, around Let the them
2: continue to expend their ordinance. Let them continue to pull that kind of stuff out. I think increasingly, Lauren, people are seeing through a lot of the things that they used to do. I mean, they're certainly seeing through the whole everybody we disagree with is a racist, an anti-Semite, a neo-Nazi, et cetera, et cetera. I think people are waking Finally up had
3: enough. a
2: lot of this.
9: Right, it's true, but he he is onto something there with a false flag cuz they waged 911. I truly believe the government was behind it. There's no way some goat herders did all of 911, and I truly believe that that was a staged event. Warbox gutters. War, weapons of mass destruction. They lie to us. They don't nothing they say is true. It's just what they want us to hear to rally support that wasn't there before. You know, nobody was ready to go to war before 9/11, but 9/11 happened, and people were lined up in this for the sake of patriotism to sign, like, to sign up to go to war and fight in this war. Somehow, we ended up in Iraq. Uh, you know, but if you look back now, you realize that a lot of this stuff is orchestrated to generate um, manufactured support behind it, American support behind it. So, I would not be surprised if all of a sudden, you know, there's a false flag event where Putin nukes. Delaware or something, you know what I'm saying, where they, and then something happens here, they blame Putin, that's why we gotta go, and we gotta just blow it up We've them done away. it
3: before, I mean, we've seen well, it a with, lot of times. Well, with 9-11, for example, I remember one time I was a lawyer, and I, I am a lawyer, and I was having to wait for an hour for a doctor to finish his rounds in order to take his deposition, so I was in his waiting room and got a copy of the U.S. News and World Report for the 2000 presidential election that had in-depth studies of Al Gore and George W. Bush. And the thing that I took away from that that really surprised me was that George W. Bush got into Yale with a 1046 on the SAT. Al Gore got into Harvard with a 1041. Now, what would you make? I made 200 points higher, and I'm not the smartest guy (laughs) in the room, okay?
2: You didn't get into Vanderbilt, but you you would have. I know you want to tell that story. No,
3: I don't want to tell that story. But what I want to say is that we have been – staffing the presidency with nincompoops for a long time now. Well, because they're they? I mean, They're only the president. They're not the ones
9: calling the <laughs> shots, right, Lauren? No, because they're not the ones calling the shots. It's the donors, lobbyists, and the people in the administration pulling the strings behind them and the Jewish globalists uh, who funded it all. So that's
3: that's it. Really that's it. You hit the like, nail on the head, Lauren. No, Keith's getting really excited over
2: here.
9: I a huge Zionist. I was a huge Zionist in 2018. You know, I really was. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And this is coming from somebody who radically shifted from the other side, somebody who was a big advocate for Israel, big advocate for foreign aid in Israel. And, you know, the more research I did, the more things just didn't add up. And it always turned out that there was a Berg or a Stein behind everything. <laughs>
2: and bar, All right, but this, and is, still- this is actually really key and interesting because, you know, this is a
3: Christian program your faith means a lot to you christians can get it right and see what's happening in ukraine they love two groups of white gentiles killing each other they loved it in world war one they loved it in world war two and they love it now in the ukraine russian war (laughs)
9: yeah it's true it's true and look at the people who are deciding it um you know we have the media manufacturing support of it we have big jewish donors funding it we have people in the biden administration that are pushing for this war and you know they love it. They love blood. You know they see us as less than. You know if you align our scripture versus their scripture, it's it's just it's their Judeo-Christian should not be a word. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely.
2: All right, we'll be right back. We've got one last break and one final segment with Lauren Witzke. Now you know she's the former Republican nominee for the United States Senate. Out of truth Delaware. be known,
3: she probably had the election stolen from. Her. <laughs> but. True.
2: We'll tell, you what, we'll tell you what she's up to now next, but a couple of other topics, too.
14: Materialistic science states the universe and everything in it emerged from an unguided, chaotic expansion of space-time matter energy labeled the Big Bang. But far from being the result of a chaotic Big Bang, the universe was initiated and put into ordered motion by the Creator. Thomas Jefferson, in the Declaration of Independence, attributed the laws of nature to the Creator, nature's God. Now the Declaration of White Independence by Kyle McDermott sets the record straight from the inception of the laws of nature and of nature's God to the right of all the peoples of mankind to be self-governing within their own homelands. This book provides an ideology to utterly defeat the woke globalist communist tyrants. The Declaration of White Independence is a highly recommended addition to community, college, and university library philosophy collections and supplemental curriculum studies lists. Available at the Dixie Republic and Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, DixieRepublic.com, and at Barnes & Noble.
5: Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21 our form of government came down from heaven verse 3 the many Christian ministers at the constitutional convention sought God's will the God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God America is the new promised land for Christian Israel and Christians are the true chosen people true Israel is Christian listen to Jesus quote my sheep follow me unquote and quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote, John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida 33421.
8: Okay,
2: one more segment with Lauren Witzke. Now we've got uh, two or three things we've got to hit on, and we haven't even begun to cover them yet at this hour. So it's going to be some—it's uh, going to be fast-paced. But before we do any of that, I want to make sure we don't run out of time because we want to give Lauren the time to plug what she's up to now. So Lauren, people want to follow you. Uh, you're still on X. Uh, astonishingly so, uh, but uh, tell people Probably how, won't be tomorrow. <laughs> how people yeah. can follow, Hey, listen, well, we'll get to that in just a second, actually, Keith. Hang on. Uh, but uh, where can people follow you? What are you up to now? What do people need to know?
9: Yeah, for sure. Actually, there was a campaign this past week to get you back on Twitter um, that's been going around yeah, a lot I saw of that. Uh, incidents Yeah, that were banned for no reason. Uh, anybody who is anti-immigration, you know, the old school, the people who came before us. Uh, there's a big campaign to bring you back to uh, Twitter, OX, oh, formerly known as Twitter. So, you know, maybe we'll be making some changes. Elon says it's a free speech platform. Let's hold him to it. Let's hold his feet to the fire. Um, and I, I truly believe that. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren Whiskey DE, as in Lauren Whiskey, W I T Z K E D E. You can also watch our work on the Stu Peters Network. Uh, I have a show every Monday night called Crosstalk News, Christian News. Uh, and um, with my co-host, Edward Zoll, and uh, we're every Monday night at 10 p.m.
2: Y'all do a great job with that. I always enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you amplifying that uh, initiative by Keith Woods. We were actually talking about it during the first hour. Uh, he's uh, Elon Musk's, uh, you know, online buddy now,
15: apparently. And yeah. so uh,
2: that's, you, you played into that, and it's uh, gotten quite a lot of views, and I appreciate that. I still haven't been reinstated, but Hope Springs uh, does it not. Well, let me ask you this, Lauren, since we're on the topic. I mean, that has really been the toast of the town, as we said, a couple of, you know, repeatedly this month, the whole uh, hashtag banned the ADL uh, this month. I mean, uh, are we overplaying that, or do you think it's as big as I think it is in terms of people really you know, beginning to understand what the ADL has is about and has always been about? What Keith right. Woods has and done there is sensational.
9: It is a great awakening. It really is. And like I said before, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And a lot of people are seeing it for the first time. The ADL is a hate group. It really is a group that hates white Christians. They despise us. Hear, hear. They have influence over everything in America. They really do. Like our politicians, they can destroy your life with one phone call. They can destroy your business with one phone call. The power they have is unparalleled. And, you know, when people started calling for their banning, of course, they went on the news and John, or what's the name, Greenblatt, was crying saying that he's the victim. Oh, it's nothing I have done. I have never done anything. You know, I'm just a victim in all this and just completely ignoring or failing to mention that he has destroyed countless lives with his organization. You know, the ADL was formed to protect a murderous pedophile. That's what it was established for. If you look into the history of Georgia and the ADL, it's actually really fascinating. Um, You know, they were, that pedophile was so guilty even Um, those racist whites down in uh, the South ended up finding him guilty for the crime of rape and murder. And And he was
3: trying to throw the uh, guilt on two black guys, but see, they saw through it. And uh, it's, you know, basically, that's what, you know, I used to wonder why the South was in for so much venom from the left (laughs) and from the Jews. I I think it's, all right. Yeah, well, because, you know, they say the Germans killed six million. We killed one guy, and we're hated almost as much as them. And it was because we defied world Jewry and the combined power of it. Uh, and they—they just—they—they they, their last card was bribing the governor of of Georgia to commute his sentence. And when the people found out about it, they were so outraged they stormed the jail and lynched him.
5: All right. and, well, And
3: the Nation of Islam wrote a book, a monograph, called Leo Frank, The Lynching of a Guilty Man. Believe me, Lauren knows all about it. <laughs>
2: I'm, talked I'm, about doing, it.
3: I'm doing this for the benefit of the audience, well, not for ben- benefit of uh, Lauren. I know no, no, no,
2: no. It. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying. I mean, but they, but it's not because of the Leo Frank case that the ADL types hate us. They hate us because Christ told us they would hate us because they first hated him. And it, it's all yep. there. But uh, all right. So uh, abrupt shift of gears here. There's one more current topic I, w- I wanted to get with you on, Lauren, and then um, we'll get to uh, some parting thoughts. Okay. Lauren bobert has been in the news this week. I think we all know why. It's been a big story. Uh, but uh, Keith and I were talking about this at uh, the, the pre-show dinner tonight. and I mean, you know, obviously the conclusion must be made that now all of the sudden uh, the uh, the left and the media and their mouthpieces in the media are all of a sudden the moral exemplar. I mean, Keith, you could probably put this into words better than I can. Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, they were the uh, advocates for every version of p- sexual perversity that you can imagine. I guess Lauren's big problem was that she was in the a other, heterosexual. The other, the, the, and, uh, <laughs> the other Lauren, yeah, but. <laughs> Lauren Boebert. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's just, you know, she's making out with her new boyfriend or something uh, in a public place. And they are. Uh, that these blue noses, these blue <laughs> stockings, at the uh, you know in the left, want her kicked it, out of Congress. It, because yeah, of it it,
2: it uh, affronted their delicate sensibilities. It was an affront to their delicate sensibilities. Well, at first it wasn't even that. It wasn't even like the handsy stuff at the theater. It was that she was vaping these electronic cigarettes. I mean, that was a bridge too far for. The, I mean, Lauren, if we, the, the other Lauren, the Lauren we've got on the air. Uh, uh, you want to weigh in on this at all? I mean, I'm sure you, you at least saw some of the headlines.
9: It's ironic that the left has all of a sudden found this great modesty and integrity to care <laughs> about. That. That's you know, amazing. How they took a break from mutilating children and drag queen story hour <laughs> in order to commit to for what she had done. No, I'm not condoning what she did. You know, it was pretty trashy. It was. It was trashy. She's got to do better. She's got to do better. But however... <laughs> You have to look at the – like, something interesting about this that I noticed, the fact that she took so much heat for it goes to show that she's not in McCarthy's pocket. McCarthy also controls the media. MCG had two affairs, uh, and nobody spoke anything of it. He died in the media. Wow, wow. He has control over who gets hit and pushed out of Congress. McCarthy has literally – Well, I mean – Equals. We've talked to Steve
2: um, King about this. Steve King has went into great detail about the behind the scenes maneuvering that McCarthy did to remove him from yep. office.
3: He's been there, done that, and got the t shirt.
9: Yep, he let her get lit up because she doesn't, she isn't in his pocket, and he will do that. He'll throw his own people under the bus if they don't comply with what he wants. And you know, and she's been an outspoken opponent of McCarthy and his agenda, and she has been America first. She's voted well. Her voting record's good. I, I like her and you know, I think she made a mistake. I think it was trashy. But I, I don't think she should be expelled over it. I think that um, oh, you know, but it doesn't hold
3: a candle to what the left is. Yeah, has done. I mean that that,
2: that that I think we've gotta get back to. I mean look I mean listen, you go back to our kings, our kings throughout Europe Look, just do the right thing by our people. I mean, that is my principle. My principle is do what is right by our people. It's right for our people. I I can uh, endure any sort of other misgivings. Is it right for what? our people? That's all I care about. That's all they care about. Is it right for their people? Is it? That's my principle. Is it right for our people? If she votes right, I'll, I, I don't have a problem with any of that because they don't have a problem with any of that. What they are advocating for, I mean, the absolute disfigurement of children, uh, the, the yes. lopping off of children's genitals Pro- forever,
3: sexual mutilation. forever
2: sterilizing them. Drag queens, homosexuals, you name it. I mean, that's all okay, but, you know, Bo- Bobert goes out on a date with her new boyfriend after, a, you know, she's in the middle of a divorce or maybe just got divorced. I don't know exactly where they are in that She's necking with her new boyfriend. Well, whatever. But, I mean, you know, yeah,
9: like I that said, that's had a had bridge a too far. Of- yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like they took a break from uh, hormone replacement therapy <laughs> for toddlers in order to criticize Lauren Boebert. You know, it's like, who are these people to give such a standard in anything? Who cares what they say? Like I said, these people hate us and want us dead. And, um, you know, if they have something, if they and, you know, the fact that I saw them hit Boebert so hard made me like her more. You know what I'm saying? Exactly.
2: I got to say that. Yeah. Exactly. It yeah. She's the real deal like on some more. levels. <laughs> The enemy of our enemy is our friend. Well, I don't think she's an enemy of anything. I like her. I mean, you know, she's voted okay. I mean, she does.
3: look. Uh, she's the I, enemy of the left. That's I can I always know.
2: find things that I don't like. I mean, yes, she goes up on Martin Luther King Day and says something positive about, you know, that charlatan. I don't like that. But, I mean, at the same time, I've got grace, and I'll give it. Uh, overall, I like her. And uh, so all of this stuff, it actually made me like her more. I don't know how if that's commonplace, yeah. but, you know, that, that's where I'm at.
9: Yeah. You got me defending her (laughs) and all that. But it's true. And, you know, they said they came out later about the boyfriends. Um, He's a Democrat. Yeah, all of that. I
2: saw all of that. I
9: know fact this guy was not involved in politics at all. He knew what she did. He knew she, she was. They've been dating for a couple months, but he really wasn't politically involved in anything. That's the thing I think that's what she liked about him. Was like this wasn't like a setup or anything like that. She was just on a date with her boyfriend. You know, they hadn't seen each other. He wasn't really involved in politics. They don't talk about politics. And it wasn't like some setup or that she was, oh my gosh, she's dating a Democrat on purpose and sabotaging herself, and she happens to be so stupid. It just wasn't like that. The media painted it as something completely different than what it was, and blew well, it up into something bigger than it was.
2: Well, and, I mean, with, know, of and, course they, I, yeah, they, they want to take gone. her down, and and anything yeah. that I mean, the hypocrisy is, is staggering. Our friend Christian East Tennessee uh, just a uh, message. They don't like heterosexual sex. I mean, there's that, <laughs> but like, that. <laughs> I, I, I got to ask you this before you go, Lauren, how did this hour go by so quickly? You know, I was talking to you last weekend and, um, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 we said it on the program too, our principles, is it good for our people? That's my principle. I don't have a principle other than in, in any given situation, is it good for our people? So I can say in one breath, You know, I don't know if it's the best thing for our people that women should even be allowed to vote, but I would vote for Lauren Witzke. So what's next for Lauren Witzke? And that is a completely, completely coherent comment to make uh, because it's what's best for our people. I would vote for you. Uh, What's up next for you? Where are you going next year, 2024? Big year. What's next for Lauren Witzke?
9: between you and i i would vote to repeal the 19th amendment if it meant i got to the the america got to keep their second amendment (laughs) it meant we got to close the southern border because these women voting has become quite a problem and i can agree with that like girls have got to do better we got to do better you know we were given this right and we're voting our country away and you know sometimes we try things and maybe it just doesn't work however you know We'll see if I run again. I am looking at a couple seats. Um, it, it would be crazy if I'm going to run. It's going to be next year because, oh my gosh, it's going to be the crazy. Oh, what year a year,
2: year! I mean, Guys. a year from now, we may all be cellmates, folks. I don't know what's coming up next year, <laughs> yeah. but I'll tell you yeah. this: the polarization. It's all happening, and Lauren Witzke will be in the middle of it. And uh, listen, whatever you do, Lauren, I'm sure it's going to be a benefit uh, to our people, and I appreciate you, and I'm thankful that you were on tonight. We will stay tuned with you, uh, whether you are uh, acting on behalf of our people as a pundit, as a commentator, as an activist, or as a candidate. uh, You've got our full support. Uh, We love you, and we'll talk to you again soon, uh, but not soon enough. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so
9: much.
2: Glenn Allen next of the Free Expression Foundation. Glenn Allen, Esquire.
3: Keith, you're an Esquire.
9: That's right. That's
3: good. It's a, it's a relic of a bygone day when uh, people were held to higher standards of behavior. <laughs> we'll be right back uh, with Glenn.
9: Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills, and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com.
3: Is there a count somewhere?
0: You're listening to Resolution Radio Radio. Radio.
15: ResolutionRDO.com Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery and we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Party dot US.
1: You're listening to the Political Cesspool
0: on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607 203 5423. That's 607 203 5423.
9: Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, T-shirts, t-shirts CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people please visit www.tightrope.cc.
1: You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide, as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, as we promised you at the beginning of the program tonight, we would be talking with two guests who are fighting for our people, both in the court of public opinion and in the court of law, respectively. And uh, we've lived up to that billing tonight. You just heard wonderful rambunctious hour with Lauren Witzke and uh, now we move to a longtime friend of mine, Glenn Allen. He's the co-founder and chief legal officer of the Free Expression Foundation and uh, we're going to encourage you to take a look at freeexpressionfoundation.org but first we're going to say hello uh, to its aforementioned co-founder and chief legal officer, Glenn Allen. Glenn, how are you tonight? I'm well, James,
13: and all my best to you and Keith, and thanks for having me on your show.
2: Well, it's wonderful to have you back. Uh, you've certainly been on before, and, of course, you and I have, uh, go back many, many, many years. But for the benefit of those who are tuning in, always a growing audience here, and thank God for that. But uh, for the benefit of those who have not heard you before on the program, you are a former, among other things, a former a city uh, attorney for the city of Baltimore who has paid a heavy price for having the courage to think freely. You are a tireless champion of free speech. You're standing up for others now who have been subjected to similar injustices by the uh, establishment. Uh, You have established the Free Expression Foundation. Your mission, of course, is to advocate for free expression with a particular but not exclusive focus on combating and ameliorating the anti-free expression effects of digital deplatforming, hate labels, lawfare, doxing, cyber vigilantism, and terrorist, and quasi-terrorist intimidation tactics. That's a mouthful, but I think people get the gist of where we're going with that, Glenn.
13: Yeah, good. No, I appreciate that. Uh, let me give you a little history of Free Expression Foundation, if I if I may. I, I was in big firm litigation for 27 years, and then I retired. Went to work for the city of Baltimore, and I was doing good work for a city that's primarily African-American. Um, and I got, I was there about six months when Ms. Byrick and the odious SPLC did a hit piece on me and I got fired within about 24 hours. And uh, it wasn't a pleasant experience. I, I felt isolated. I felt defenseless. I felt like I'd, I'd turned into an untouchable, even though I'm a, I'm a uh, honest citizen of
3: this country. And that, you may take that, some type of uh, uh, solace in the fact that Heidi has now been fired too. I understand.
2: Well, I mean, she's doing her own thing, but you'll continue on, Glenn.
13: Yeah. Well, she got fired during my litigation, and I, you know, Keith, I, I don't know whether it had anything to do with that, but it may well have. Although she has enough sins on her, on her shoulders that uh, she didn't <laughs> need my allegation. But, um, but yeah, not not only she, but. Um, Mr. Cohen and Mr. Ms. Brownstein and, and then Morris steve himself all got fired while the litigation was pending. So they sort of cleaned house, but they've never explained. You, you why. brought
3: down the house of cards. You're like
2: Samson, <laughs> uh, Glenn. Yeah, they got, they got you, but you got them too, or at least they all went down together.
13: Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I would think that a 501c3 would explain to the public why they had to fire nearly everyone at the top. But as far as I know, they've never done that, which doesn't surprise me. um so anyway, I, I had that experience. I, I also have a lifelong interest in the First Amendment. I studied it a lot, including its history. I've just been reading a book about the uh, Virginia uh, Constitutional Convention, Ratification Convention in 1791 that set Patrick Henry against James Madison about the Bill of Rights, and that was the origin of it, you know? And uh, Madison prevailed in that uh, discussion, and, and uh, that's why we have the Bill of Rights and why we have the First Amendment. But... Anyway, I've always had a strong interest in the First Amendment, so that was another factor. There was another factor too. I I took note that at Charlottesville there was a young man, I think his name was Andrew Dodson, I believe, who I understood took his life after he got doxxed. And uh, boy, when I when I heard about that, I thought that that can't happen on my watch. I got to prevent that. I I know what it felt like to be isolated and defenseless. And, and I'm an attorney. I can imagine how someone who's not an attorney would, would react. So I just uh, sort of dedicated myself to reaching out to people who've, who've been doxed and feel no one is looking out for them and advocating for them and and kind of reaching out to those people. So th- those were the three things that led me to create the Free Expression Foundation. Um, and I, um, I could tell you a little bit about my litigation against Heidi, and then I could tell you about some of the cases we've been working on, if, if those are of interest.
2: Yeah, let, let's do that, Glenn. Let's do that, because I want to reiterate that, of course, you were a, you, as far as lawyers go, and Keith, you're an attorney as well by trade, but you had had a very successful career as an attorney. Now, we focus on your time as an attorney for the city of Baltimore, which was a relatively short-lived thing in, in, in uh, when compared to your
3: entire career as a uh, not a ward of the court, Keith. Officer of the court, right? Officer of the court. And by the yeah. way, we're not a trade, we're a profession. Okay. Right? All, right. All, right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Duly
2: noted and touche. But in, in any event, Glenn had been around for a long time. It wasn't just the six months at, at the city of Baltimore that was the end-all and be-all of his career, but it was that – you know, the, the SPLC said, oh, this guy, we know this guy, he he has some thoughts that we don't like, and he's you know knows some people that we don't like, and so therefore he must be fired because he couldn't possibly, he couldn't possibly do a good job, he couldn't possibly be objective if he disagrees with us. And that was pretty much the whole argument, right, Glenn, and continue on there. Well,
13: yeah, you're right about that, and it is so contradictory. I mean, I was, I will immodestly say I'm a competent, experienced attorney, and I was doing good work for the city of Baltimore, trying to... Spend off some twenty million dollar complaints for police brutality, and the city of Baltimore, as you may know, is predominantly black. So I was helping a predominantly black city, and Heidi comes says, "How inappropriate is it that this guy should be litigating for the city of Baltimore?" They, they get me fired, and they later lost it. a case. I think it was twenty million dollars. They got. Hit. I'm not saying I could have changed that, but it is so crazy for Heidi, who knew nothing about what i was doing to say it was inappropriate for me to be working for the city but well this is the thing i mean their
2: argument was you couldn't possibly do your job on behalf of minorities because you don't hate yourself and hate your ancestors i mean if you yeah. pare it down i don't want to oversimplify it but that was the, that was the case right
13: oh it's so true I, I mean they judged me by the color of my skin and what they thought was going on in my head but i, I would never have done anything other than my absolute best for the city of baltimore
6: and or, i know that about in, you
13: in its, any client, um whatever race or religion. I mean I, I take my obligations as an attorney seriously and I, I try to protect First Amendment rights for everyone. I, I happen to think that the dissident right is has is very much underserved and 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 needs needs representation. But
3: um, it might might be an interesting change of pace to actually have the law enforced, uh, rather than flaunted in Baltimore.
13: <laughs> yeah. That that's true too. Baltimore has its share of problems, so I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, part, <laughs> partly because it's the rule of law is, is a little weak here, as it is in other segments of our society, as you may know.
3: Um, uh, we're calling you from Memphis, Tennessee, which now has a unique distinction of being the largest majority-minority city in America. That so can't be true. Sure can't not. Not. Oh, yeah, we, really? we've surpassed Detroit. Well, we got some commonality with Baltimore,
2: I think, suffice it to say, but nevertheless, <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, do the best we can. Crazy. But anyway, so you had this—you had this. So the SPLC—they get you fired, uh, but then you fight back. Unlike a lot of people who apologize. Oh, already? Already the music? All right, hold on. Yeah, we're gonna go sure. back to this uh, this uh, chapter in Glenn Allen's uh, life and career, uh, and then we're gonna move forward with what he's doing now with the Free Expression Foundation. There's just so much more. I mean, he's in the middle of a lot of hot battles right now. And we're thankful to have him back on the show tonight as our guest. Lynn Allen, FreeExpressionFoundation.org. Stay tuned. Hello TPC family, it's James and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural marxism i've worked with the good people at the conservative citizens foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement for more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines please check out their website americafirst.com that's m-e-r-i-c-a-1-s-t dot com .com. (laughs) americafirst.com an honor and a privilege to be with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, under any circumstances, but especially tonight with a guest like Glenn Allen. Now, Glenn is a tried and true friend, and I'm proud to be able to call him that. Glenn, I don't know how long we've known each other, but it's certainly in the double digit in terms of years now, and you set an example for the rest of us to follow. I mean, certainly I knew you long before this episode with the city of Baltimore and the SBLC occurred, and I knew your honor and I knew your integrity. Uh, but for you to have taken that uh, and not given them that, I mean, that, that that's, that's what you've got. You can offer that to them in those moments. You can offer them your self-esteem and your integrity and your honor. But the men who don't, boy, what an example they set, and you're one of them. And uh, so we resume the story now you it's a very successful legal career you get hired on to be an attorney for the city of baltimore the sblc says no hang on a minute now this guy uh,
3: probably took a cut and pay to take that job Uh, oh yeah he doesn't you know that
13: (laughs) i i was probably getting about 30 percent of what i was with a big law firm but yeah um but you know it was interesting work i mean the city had its share of interesting problems and it was fun to mentor the young young folks there but um once, once I got, you know, doxed and then fired, I got to investigating how, how that could have happened. And to make a long story short, I concluded that Ms. Byrick had, I had a basis for concluding that Ms. Byrick had improperly influenced a bookkeeper at the National Alliance's property in West Virginia to disclose to her confidential information, which was a violation of that bookkeeper's fiduciary duty and also a violation of a a, a non- Non-disclosure agreement. So I had that, and that that happens to be illegal under Alabama law. It's not only, you know, a breach of contract, but it's illegal.
2: Which is where the SPLC is located. I mean, you mentioned Alabama because that's where the SPLC is headquartered, which is where Heidi byrick was working at that time.
13: Sure.
3: In the so-called poverty palace. Yeah, (laughs) I don't. It it
13: is that, isn't it? It's awful looking, but it's huge. Post-Soviet so I, I,
3: brutalism.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
13: boy, it is, isn't it? It's a piece of Soviet architecture dropped
2: in the middle of Montgomery, I guess. Um, so, I was just there with Jared Taylor a few days ago, and it's as bad as it looks on the pictures. believe me. Anyway, uh, continue on, Glenn. Yeah. So I, I concluded there are a lot of things wrong with what they did, and
13: some of them had to do with what they did to me, but others had to do with their status as a nonprofit and also as a purported law firm. I mean they they claim to be a law firm even though Heidi is not a lawyer she acts like she was acting like a lawyer I mean she was giving she often gives legal advice to her, her she's people a false she Jewish
3: woman that's even worse
13: <laughs> yeah but um, so I I, I basically I made two arguments one and, and Keith I, I think Keith, you're an attorney so you know there's a, there's a legal prohibition against uh, engaging in unlawful behavior theres of law yeah yeah all, all that so I, I i made the argument that that the sblc's 501c3 should be taken away from them and uh and then also that they had harmed me and so i i i made you know claims under that but the judge was not interested in either one she said i i lacked standing um to challenge the sblc which i don't think is quite right and that my claims that they were engaged in unlawful behavior were so implausible that i I, I almost have to laugh implausible that, that i wouldn't wasn't entitled to take discoveries you know to validate them um that, that well, is it so begs crazy. the question
3: of what standing they had to uh, interfere w- with your affairs in life
13: you know, <laughs> yeah this this I, I I don't mean to get too legally technical but standing is this kind of vague i mean it's sometimes used and sometimes not to you know prevent people from challenging certain things I, I think in some of this trump litigation that of course, you're standing to prevent him from going forward with some of those things. No
2: kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think Trump has lost at every turn. Has there ever been one? I don't want to sidetrack because I want to stay on the topic, so let's stay on topic. But has there been one brief or filing or any case or any at any level? Has Trump won? I, I don't think so. I think he's been turned down at every turn.
13: It's hard for me to to think of one where they succeeded. It's hard for me to think of a January sixth defendant who's had success, except for a uh, Charlottesville defendant.
2: Charlottesville, January sixth, and now Trump's got the the January sixth hanging judge as his uh, the one to preside over his case in D.C.
3: Just a type of person that would never have become a lawyer in a uh, kinder, better America. In any event, I don't I don't want to chase those rabbits. I mean, people know that. But back to back, back to your
2: situation, Glenn. I mean, the, 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 w- w- to bring it back into sharp focus, I mean, the SPLC got you fired within a few hours after complaining about you. Uh, but you didn't take it lying down. You you, you took the fight back to them, uh, and of course we know how that played out in court, but uh, the fact is that you stood and you fought. Yeah. You know, I was
13: thinking I could walk away from this, but I'm an attorney and and I have a lot of people that this happens to are often can't find attorneys. It's, it's 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 a mark against our profession. Keith, I have to say, how many attorneys, you know, try to hide under the table when you tell them you want to sue the SPLC? I, well, particularly I ones that work for there. big
3: firms that are influential. I, I, for example, would love to find an attorney that would take on an affirmative action case for somebody that hmm. uh, suffered from affirmative action back in the early 70s for example. Well,
2: speaking of the 70s, Keith and Glenn, this is like our mutual friend Sam Dixon. I mean, Sam is still referred to by the SPLC as former Klan lawyer Sam Dixon because at one point in his 50 or 60 yeah, year legal back in career. The 60s. It was in the seventies. yeah. In the 70s I believe uh, that you know he had a client that was a member of that organization. I mean, so it's just I mean, I, yes, I mean, <laughs> to it's agree a grinding
3: moment of his life. <laughs> yeah.
13: Well, I mean, you if you go on the internet, you still find Glenn Allen neo-Nazi lawyer <laughs> I, to, not, I don't see myself as that, but you know it's it's forever uh, on this dang uh, society internet society we live in and all my good deeds and I mean I've helped many African American people and and some of them have been very grateful, but none of that comes up in the internet <laughs> you're dare Fuhrer.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, well I guess so I'm a fundraiser, you know <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I know Glenn Allen, all right, and I've known him for a long time and I know his integrity and I know his honor and I know if I was a black man, I would want Glenn Allen going to the debate for me because he's gonna do what's best for what's yeah. true for
3: his client. He's what's his right
2: and, well, I mean all of that. Yeah. What's true, what's just, what's for his client. But in any event, obviously, we know uh, what's going on with the American uh, so-called justice system right now. My case, your case, Glenn, uh, yeah. didn't work out in our favor. Uh, but you, But beyond that, even after being fired and then deciding not to just walk away from it, but to take on this behemoth and then to suffer that injustice in that situation, you still came back for a third time and said, you know what, I'm not going to quit here, even though I was fired even though I lost this case against the SPLC, even though it was dismissed, wasn't even heard, uh, I'm going to found the Free Expression Foundation so I can help other people in my situation. Now that, that, my friends, that's a man who is a leader. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've had some
13: interesting cases. I'm kind of a solo organization. I, I now have a young intern working for me so i'm growing and i'm getting more interesting cases but w- w- one of the first cases i had was for the uh, rise above movement folks and uh you know they got prosecuted under something called the anti-riot act for actually getting getting in some scuffles at Charlottesville. i mean nothing more than that and 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 you guys know as well as i that was a one-way street. They, they didn't prosecute Yeah, hard, hard
2: not to get in a scuffle in Charlottesville when everybody around you, the Antifa, the, the all of those and, people. And the police
3: department, particularly, and the mayor and uh, all the governmental officials were basically funneling you into a kill box. You'd have to get into yep. a scuffle to
2: survive just to fight your way out of there. But anyway, you, you got involved in yeah. what? Well, uh, uh,
13: there was a couple guys who uh, had... Uh, they, I, mean, they were, I was put in touch with a young man named Mike Marcellus. I didn't know him at the time, but he talked very well on the phone and I later got to know him, but he, he was arrested. He was a member of something called the Rise Above Movement. Um, and as far as I could tell, it was really for young men who liked to exercise and go out and shoot guns once in a while and basically be young men, you know? And, uh, and um, they did have a pension for showing up at some of these rallies. You know, and and if a fight came their way, they didn't back away from it. But I really don't think they went; they were offensive. They just they just didn't back away. But they didn't start way, fights,
3: but they'd finish them. Yeah. Well, they
2: wouldn't right. they wouldn't allow themselves to get beaten down by the by the antifa All right, I got you.
13: Yeah, I'm. I mean, uh, what what does our system expect? A bunch of spineless young men that that would back down from antifa? I mean, of course they do. What-
2: that's what they want. And if you're not that, you're going to jail. You're either going to be yeah. dead or you're going to jail.
13: <laughs> well, that's what happened to Mike. He got prosecuted under
2: something called the Rise
13: Above Movement, I mean, the uh, Anti Riot Act. And I took a look at that act, and I, I don't know how old you are, Keith. I, I don't think James remembers the Chicago 7
2: trial in 1968.
13: Oh,
3: I, I remember very well at the uh, 68 Democratic Convention. Right, right, hold on. Yeah.
2: Uh, hold on right there. We'll go down Memory Lane but a lot more with Glenn Allen of the Free Expression Foundation, freeexpressionfoundation.org. Stay tuned.
7: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
8: USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. New Jersey Democratic Rep. Andy Kim announced on Saturday that he'll run next year against Senator Bob Menendez in the wake of the senator's indictment and refusal to step down. Kim has been representing New Jersey's 3rd Congressional District, which includes suburbs east of Trenton since 2019. He won re-election last November by more than 10 percentage points. Tropical Storm Ophelia packing top sustained winds of 45 miles an hour is barreling across eastern North Carolina, bringing with it high gusts, coastal flooding, and life-threatening rip currents northward into New Jersey over the weekend. Ophelia made landfall this morning near Emerald Island, North Carolina, with maximum winds of 70 miles per hour. Forecasters are predicting 3 to 5 inches of rainfall across parts of northeastern North Carolina and southeast Virginia Saturday night into Sunday morning. Scientists are set to learn more about our solar system starting tomorrow.
0: Samples from the asteroid Bennu captured three years ago are headed back to Earth on the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft. NASA's Melissa Morris says the mission has already achieved so much.
14: It's the first U.S. mission from, to return samples from an asteroid. And that sample mass collected is the largest from beyond the orbit of the moon.
0: The rocks and dust will land in a return capsule in the Utah desert on Sunday morning, completing the seven-year mission. NASA says it will offer generations of scientists a window into the time when the sun and planets were forming around 4.5 billion years ago. I'm Jeremy Scott.
8: Around 64,000 portable generators made by Generac have been recalled due to serious fire and burn hazards, according to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. The CPSC says the generator's fuel tanks may fail to properly vent from the rollover valve, risking a buildup of pressure inside the tanks. The pressurized tanks may then expel fuel when opened, posing those fire and burn hazards. This is USA News. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One
7: is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team.
9: Jeter, you're in. We need a home run.
15: I'll give it a try. I've
7: swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Continental. From the world of John Wick comes a Peacock original three-part event that takes us back to 1970s New York. The Continental. This institution wields power beyond your imagination. Let's take this house and everything that comes with it. The Continental from the world of John Wick. Streaming now. And away we go. Only on Peacock.
2: Back with the guy who did something about it, ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Allen, uh, my friend and yours, uh, if you are someone uh, who is an advocate for the truth, uh, lots of people say, a friend texting us uh, right now, listening to the show live, lots of people say, hey, I should do something about this or that, but they don't do anything. This is a guy who actually did it. Yeah, that's the guy we're talking to right now. Thank you for that comment. Uh, this is Glenn Allen of FreeExpressionFoundation.org. Glenn, I mean, we've talked a little bit, as I said, I, I don't want to reiterate it to the point of exhaustion, but uh, exhaustion. But you've had a very successful legal career uh, moving forward to a couple of years ago when you got hired on by the city of Baltimore, and then that's where the, the story began tonight. Dismissed out of court, you took the fight back to them after having been fired, unjustly, I might add, Uh, but you took the fight back to them, dismissed out of court, out of hand, uh, but then you founded your own foundation, and that is where the story resumes, FreeExpressionFoundation.org. Your mission, and I'm reading from the mission there at the website right now, to reach out to the victims of the Thought Police, to listen to them and their stories with care and respect. Do you believe in free expression? If you're a victim of the Thought Police, please contact us. If you support Free Expression, and the mission of the Free Expression Foundation, please show your support by making a tax-deductible gift. So there you can do all of that at FreeExpressionFoundation.org. Uh, but, Glenn, uh, let's talk a little bit more about your work here in the last few months. Some very interesting cases. I don't know which ones you can comment on publicly and which ones you might not want to comment on, uh, but uh, I'll turn that over to you. Yeah.
13: Well, i um- I just just to wrap up the uh, Rise Above Movement, guys, I, I, I looked at this Anti-Riot Act, which hadn't been used much since the Chicago 7 trials, which is, as Keith may remember, I mean, it was Jerry Rubin, Abby Hoffman, and a bunch of... The really, Chicago uh, wild, 7. The Chicago 7, yeah. And they, they eventually got acquitted. But um, anyway, they, the government dusted this off, and it seemed un, blatantly unconstitutional to me. So I, I sort of orchestrated the. I wasn't the defense counsel, but as an amicus, I, I, we created ideas why this was unconstitutional, and the defense counsel uh, also thought it was unconstitutional, and we challenged And both in Cal- There were two different prosecutions. We lost in, in Charlottesville, where Mike was, but we actually won in uh, California, and it was thrown out, and the four Rise Above Movement guys there were, were released. One of them unfortunately later died but i'm i'm glad he was able to die in freedom and not in a prison um but you know our government never relents so they appealed and got that turned around and they're now prosecuting it again <clears throat> i hope you get involved in that um of course but, the chicago uh,
3: seven got off because they were leftists you know it's not a matter of what you do but who you are
13: well there's, so much truth to that Keith. i'm afraid i mean the, the supposedly our judiciary doesn't take those into account but it sure doesn't seem to be true uh it, well yeah th- this like is actually. it
2: i mean glenn would you agree or disagree as a, a lifelong attorney and as a professional in this capacity that uh, rule of law what law is precedent matters little compared to what side you're on now unfortunately it's
13: so true james and um if it weren't for a, a few judges who really do seem to take the responsibility of wearing their robe, the honor of it and the responsibility of it, I, it would be a pretty dismal prospect. But I, I think there are some out there. And I, I, I even our Supreme Court, I have to say, they've done pretty well by the First Amendment in the last 10 years. I mean, they just denounce principles, of course, and they have to be applied by the lower courts, and they're often applied in, in ways that astonish me for how... How illogical and unfair they are, but uh, yeah, I, I, there are a few judges out there who who do uphold the rule of law. But yeah, I, I, you expressed it pretty well, James. It's it's uh, very political, and it's uh, not not what I would like to see in an honest judiciary system. <laughs>
2: Well, I want to ask you a question right now, and feel free to pass it or to punt on it. Uh, You don't have to talk about it. It uh, it, it certainly won't offend me in in the least. But uh, you've got a very provocative case right now uh, involving a mutual – well, a friend of mine anyway, uh, Warren Baylog and former Governor of Virginia Terry McAuliffe. Can Can you tell us anything about that? Sure, sure. No, I'm glad to. It actually arises
13: just from what we were talking about, the Charlottesville events. Um, Warren was there when when uh, the, the, uh, this bag, a bunch of it, defendants, including the city of Charlottesville and the chief of police and, and uh, the Virginia State Police and others, um, they managed to push the pro-monument demonstrators right into the hands of
3: Antifa. That's and, the kill uh, box I was talking about.
13: Yeah, I, I mean, and, and so Warren who was injured in that, I mean, he was pepper sprayed and he was assaulted by these creepy Antifa types. Um, he, he brought suit um, claiming that his, his rights had been violated and he, he was, deserved compensation. Mostly he wanted to upheld his, uphold his First Amendment right to listen to speakers in, I guess it's Emancipation Park or Lee Park. Um, there was another suit going up, Jason Kessler, very similar to that, uh I, I shouldn't say very similar because i think there are important differences but that case was dismissed by by the judge in charlottesville and it went up to the fourth circuit and they affirmed by something called an unpublished decision which is i will say hope it doesn't get me in trouble but i i think it's not the way courts are supposed to work they're not supposed to issue unpublished opinions they should I think they should at least honestly. Isn't it funny the the way they always do
3: those uh, unpublished opinions against our interests?
13: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they shut it off and nobody really sees it. And uh, they did that to Jason Kessler. So that, that was because it will not
3: bear examination under the light of day.
13: No, no, I I don't think uh, anyone could justify what was done to Jason, but it it is a fourth circuit precedent. And, And Keith, as you know, we have to deal with precedence. Um, so we, we do have that problem with respect to one. To
3: well, but the left doesn't have to deal with precedence. It's like the Brown versus Board of Education decision. You know, basically it was a denial of due process because due process says that you'll decide it according to similar cases in the past, stare decisis, mm-hmm. or statutory construction, or legislative history. They st- tossed all of that out of the window in the Brown versus Board of Education decision and based it upon some. Crackpot sociological paper produced by a black sociologist on regarding doll studies, and see uh, nobody called him out about that. It's it's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, it really is consistent with the idea that
13: we're entitled to have courts confront our arguments and do it openly
3: and publicly, and, and do it according to established principles of deciding uh, appellate cases. Yeah. So anyway, that's,
13: Jason's decision was decided a while ago, but Warren's wasn't. So Warren has gone up to the 4th. He was also lost at the trial court, but he's now engaged me and my co-counsel to go up to the 4th Circuit. We just filed a brief about two weeks ago, and here's here's a, somewhat of an advantage that Warren has. I mean... His case incorporated the Heafy Report, and I think you guys are
2: familiar with the Heafy Report. It's- absolutely, it's- absolutely.
13: Right. And,
3: and that should have been the determining factor for any decision. That was the Bible on
2: what happened at Charlottesville, the Heafy Report, but because it didn't meet with the system's narrative, they totally disregarded their own arbiter's opinion on the matter. Uh, yeah, the yeah. city of Charlottesville
3: apparently engaged Heafy to make that report. That was actually the damnedest mm-hmm. thing
2: I, I think I may have ever seen in my life. Next to your case. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. But anyway, continue Glenn. No, it's it's true. I, I, I actually commend uh, Mr. He. I, I mean I, I have some
13: quibbles about some things, but I think he was really trying to get to the truth. He he um, an exhaustive I mean it's two hundred and twenty pages long and I think I don't know how many footnotes and, and evidence there was on three three 400 emails. I, I heard that there are thousands of emails that didn't even make it into the Heafy report. But when when you read the Heffy report with with care, and I, I know you guys know this already, but it's hard to support the conclusion that the trial court did that it was kind of mutual combat, and it's not the city's obligation to step into mutual combat. They have the right to just shut down the demonstration. When you look at the fact that apparently there was a a demonstration before by the I think by the Klan and the. And they said you did the right thing. It separated the people, and there was no violence. And and when you look at some of the emails, like the chief of police saying, well, let them fight, and then we'll just call, you know, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll call it. Mean, uh,
3: and, uh, and we'll uh, apply we'll differential up. justice depending on which side we want. What,
2: what kind we're... of police force allows wanton violence in their presence while they sit back and watch? I mean, Glenn, that, I don't,
3: it was unbelievable. And that's a violation of their uh oath has to to protect and defend.
2: Even these beat officers, I know they were just following orders, as they always like to say, quote-unquote, just following orders. That was something. Well, uh, many of them didn't want to do that, as you know, Jim. I mean, many of them did
13: A lot of them said, I I don't think it's appropriate to just sit and watch these files. And there was one, I don't remember what his name was, he disobeyed instructions and went over there and broke up a fight and chased off the Antifa. And, And they backed off. Which shows you that if, they, there if you go. the city has done its job, that it's definitely. There wouldn't have been
2: it, have. that wouldn't have happened, but it wouldn't have benefited the system for them to have done their job. We'll be right back. One more segment with Glenn Allen. What an hour! Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject, from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Maurice Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, and as I like to tell you, believe me, I'm proud of it. I am. I'll admit it.
3: 19 years on the radio. 19 years. and uh, Absorbing the slings and arrows <laughs> of the outrageous left. Well, we got another <laughs> one coming.
2: Uh, it's going to be the 80th time the SPLC has attacked me. Uh, we found oh, out on God. Wednesday. Yep, it's coming next week, Glenn. You'll, you'll be sure to see it. Uh, don't miss it, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want you to miss it. They've written seventy-nine articles attacking me in the last nineteen years. The eightieth is going to come next week. They sent an email in last uh, Wednesday asking for a comment, and uh, in any event, so that's coming. But uh, I, 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 believe me. After seventy-nine, I know how it's going to go. James Edwards, what, is a what racist, are they attacking me
13: wh- for this time, James? Well, they that. don't
2: like the fact that the owner of the radio network works with another organization. They're trying to triangulate the fact that they, I,
3: I interview guests. They must be evil because they support James and uh, broadcast him. That's, I mean, it's
2: right. yeah, it's it's a it's a six degrees of separation. You know how it is. Uh, it's a, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a whole sordid affair. But they've already written one article
3: about it back in February, and another organization. And was, all it ever does is basically increase our listenership <laughs> and, and our donations. I mean, you know, look,
2: they anybody that's funded to the tunes of hundreds of millions can still do you some damage. And I don't, I'm not saying that I you know, want them to do it. But, I mean, it is what it is after all these you years. You know what they've
3: said now? They say that basically because of the extreme positions of the left, now calling a person a racist or an anti-Semite increases their status with – Probably fifty. The Trump of the base. Population. Well, this
2: was the Homeland Institute Greg Johnson poll. Anyway, let's not get into the tall. I mean, there's truth to that. I mean, you know, a lot of it has come back.
3: I mean, we've weathered it for so long. And on the other hand, if yeah. they call you woke, that hurts you with that. Group.
2: With the Republican base, that's, that's right. But anyway, that that we digress. But nevertheless, 80th time they're going to call me racist, anti- white nationalist, anti-Semite. It's coming next week, so just stay tuned. SP- I, 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 I want to give the plug. I don't like to normally plug hate sites, but we, we want you to read it. SPL. Center.org slash blog, I think is it. I should know it after all these years. But anyway, Glenn, I'm sure you know it too, and we've been talking about yeah. it. I mean, this is a group that's done uh, a lot of damage uh, yeah. to a lot of good people. Uh, but, you know, again, we see their comeuppance, uh, I think, happening now. I mean, the way the SPLC is perceived now compared to what it was 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, it's really a night and day thing. You got uh, half the, you know, nearly half the state AGs. Uh, condemning them as an utterly unreliable swarf. They've surely, you know, they always like to say, you know, you're six degrees separated from, you know, whoever we don't like at the moment. The sun is
3: setting on their uh, authority.
2: Well, they certainly have links Uh, and ties uh, to domestic terrorism. I certainly don't, and you certainly don't, Glenn, and our organizations have never been denounced by half the state AGs, and we certainly don't have employees or staff attorneys that have been arrested and charged with domestic terrorism. But nevertheless, (laughs) nevertheless, (laughs) nevertheless, (laughs) But let's get back. Yeah. I, uh, Glenn, yeah. I, I, I well, say this. 19 years, when I say an hour has gone by too fast, and we don't have enough time for a guest, that's a good hour of radio, and I can say that about both you and Lauren tonight. I want to ask you about something that you posted to your website in September, and we're going to get uh, – actually, excuse me, this September. It was, it was a few months ago. We're going to post it to our website on September the 26th. We're going to cross-post it. Uh, but very quickly, back to Warren Balog's case
3: versus uh, uh, Terry McAuliffe et al., Mm -hmm. Jerry McAuliffe being the former governor of Virginia. Yeah. Well, uh, to be
13: candid with you, uh, there there are difficulties in going after McAuliffe because of state sovereignty. But in our brief, we try to overcome them. But those difficulties are not so great as to the city of Charlottesville or its police chief. Um, But uh, we were talking about the Heapy report. But anyway, our, our brief heavily relies on that. And we make the point that it's not a plausible conclusion that the truck board said basically a pox on both your houses you know you're all out there fighting each other and what can how can you blame the police for just trying to break it up they have no obligation to, to choose one side over the other but that but they do that that is so inconsistent with something called the Heckler's veto doctrine and I'm sure Keith's familiar with it amen and yeah. I, I I think it was a hundred it was Completely wrong for the judge to say that a city, and a city authority does not have an obligation to protect um, someone who gets a permit to have a demonstration. They, they do have that. They do have an affirmative obligation to do that, and they should have done it in Charlottesville. And that's kind of the basis of the legal basis of our, our lawsuit on behalf of Warren. So um, we've, we've done our best. We've um, dissected the Hefey report and we've taken them to task for ignoring the. The, the heckler's veto doctor. So we'll see if we can get oral argument and, and maybe get this a good result.
2: Well, I mean, Glenn, I, I got to ask the question because it's a question yeah. that I'm sure our audience is asking. I mean, they, they've they seen what happened to you. They know what happened to me in my libel case, even though, I mean, the entirety of the law and of all precedent. It was just a slam dunk can't lose case. And we, we managed to lose it because, again, what comes down, uh, w- what happens now in the court of law is what side you're on. But,
3: uh, but so, you also have to realize we've got different people uh, populating the judiciary. That's
2: it. This is the, Keith, that's an important point. That's actually what I was about to foreshadow. And what I'm getting to is people would say, well, it's just a lost cause. Then you can't win. You can win in some jurisdictions. Is Trump going to win in Fulton County, Georgia, or in, this, in Washington, D.C.? There's not a chance. But is there a chance? It, and Peter Bribble brought this up. Jared Taylor won in Tennessee uh, with yeah. regards to continuing to be able to having his AMRAN conferences at uh, Montgomery Bell State well, Park. Well, the so- way
3: I put it is this way. It used to be that being a judge was the way you capped off a career as a successful litigator. Today mm-hmm. it's a job for a recent law graduate that can't find a job. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but ne- nevertheless, uh, but but but, uh, Glenn. I mean, you
2: know, obviously, understanding and knowing from your own personal experiences, and and plus that which we've all seen with other dissidents, that it's a tall order in certain jurisdictions. Why found the Free Expression Foundation? Why go to court uh, for these uh, cases that you know are going to be unfavorable in certain jurisdictions, but perhaps not all. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not all, or maybe you'll get a dissent or something. I, I mean, it's a long haul. You,
13: you've got to persevere. Uh, apropos of that, I, I you mean, you got to be
3: prepared a, to take it all the way to the top, is what I told James. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the way—and unfortunately, most people are not financially yeah, well, well-heeled enough to do that.
13: That's right. I, I will say also that we—I am involved in another lawsuit out in state of Washington against an Antifa guy. And he infiltrated the Patriot Front organization using a false identity, and then he violated their instructions by sending out confidential information to his, his buddies on the outside and doxxed dozens of Patriot Front guys, many of whom lost their jobs. But that's a, a blatant violation of something called the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act and, and also Washington State law. So that's an example, I hope, James, of, of you know, being in the right jurisdiction with the right law I hope that that we are successful there, but to, to your point, I mean we have to be very careful. We have limited resources of choosing our our fights. you know i I would it loud see when you' when you're small, you need to choose your fights and get small victories at, at least initially. And that's kind of what we're in right now.
3: Um, see i was, but, I was a lawyer back, and I've been a lawyer for over forty five years, and when I first started practicing yeah. law, we didn't have these problems, but now you have them in spades. Basically, it's uh, for example, you hear mm-hmm. about these runaway juries and personal injury cases. They're always mm-hmm. majority minority venues where that's a problem. Okay. Well,
2: but the thing yeah. is, though, I mean, Glenn, you're right. You got to pick and choose your battles. But the fact of the matter is, we have to battle on any front that we. Can get a venue. I mean, and and so that's why I, I I absolutely support, even having my own misgivings with the judicial system. It is not a universal thing. You can win in mm-hmm. certain jurisdictions. They're not bringing the Trump case in in rural, majority wide southern districts. Uh, they're they're bringing in the case in, in the well, juris- look at the difference
3: between Shelbyville demonstration in Charlottesville. See uh, the difference mm. of night and day.
2: Well, that's right. So in mm. any event, uh, FreeExpressionFoundation.org, the, the, uh, Glenn Allen needs your help, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, he is fighting on behalf of uh, people like Warren Baylog, and he is fighting in, in courts, and these are very important battles. And even though, uh, again, I, I I can tell you, I, I, I could say, I could be so jaded as to say nobody has a chance.
3: Uh, in the courts because of what happened to me. But that's, I don't believe that. I do believe well, that. Well, what th- it th- is really, James, is this. You can't bring uh, – you can't have a process, a protest, a peaceful protest at a place like Charlottesville, which is basically a little ivy-covered North Korea. You've got to have it in a <laughs> – in, in uh, a place called mississippi going. yeah i got you i know yeah. I, I understand or shelbyville tennessee
2: free Expression glenn one last thing and this actually made some national yeah. news uh, a few weeks ago litigation commenced against radical antifa doxer uh this is a headline yeah. on your website FreeExpressionFoundation.org. Mm-hmm. litigation commenced against a radical antifa doxer we got two minutes remaining it's all yours
13: well yeah that's what i mentioned i we're, we're taking the offensive against this guy and and his his buddies um and we're, we're going to, I think we have a, a pretty strong case. And uh, I, I I haven't, we haven't been able to serve him yet. I guess I shouldn't talk. Maybe he's lying low out there. I, I don't know. But uh, I uh, I at least the table is turned. I mean, he has to worry about litigation as opposed to our guys getting sued by the likes of Roberta Kaplan and others and Seinfeld Kessler. Um, since I just have a minute left, I, I would like to say about my Free Expression Foundation that we're... I think we're moving in the right direction. Maybe not as fast as one would would wish, yeah. Uh, but I, I I do think we are. We're accumulating a, a network of attorneys who could act as local counsel and help us, and 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 some financial wherewithal. But I think above all, we're we're becoming an incubator for young attorneys. And I've been contacted. By I wish I had the resources to hire them, but there are young attorneys out there that are idealistic and want to fight. And uh, and FEF is shaping up as a good place for them to learn their skills and, uh, you know, and and become a force for the good in the future. So I appreciate any kind of support that can be sent our way.
3: Well, you definitely deserve support because you're doing the type of work that the legal profession professes to be doing and wants to do. Uh, And we are in trying times right now. We are definitely in a a different world from – uh, James gave me a little hat last week It said, I wish I uh, could. Uh that
2: was our, our friend uh, Jeff, I believe, in, in yeah. Salt Lake City who sent those hats in. Yeah, he said, <laughs> I
3: w- wish I could return to the uh, America I was born into. Yeah, some, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. That. And,
2: and we yeah. want to thank Jeff for that. We want to thank Jeff for that, who sent those hats, and I've been meaning to send you a thank you card. But uh, Glenn Allen dot FreeExpressionFoundation.org. Listen, folks, as you know, we're smack dab in the middle of TPC's most crucial uh, third-quarter fundraising drive but it didn't stop me from taking advantage of the opportunity to have Glenn on tonight. We want you to support his work as well. In fact, if you got to choose between one or the other, freeexpressionfoundation.org, folks. And there are good people toiling in the vineyards like Glenn Allen. Absolutely. And we need, uh, we need him, and we want to be here. We're all in this together. That's the point. We're all in this together. Glenn, thank you for another fantastic hour of radio. Thank you for your work, for your sacrifice. FreeExpressionFoundation.org. We continue the fight wherever we can on the radio airwaves in the Court of Public Opinion and in the Court of Law. Good night. We'll talk to you next week.
0: You're listening to Resolution Radio
12: Radio.
5: Resolution